I, I went to their offices once. Um, it was in this building called the Puck Building. I'm trying to remember where it was. I think it was, if I had to guess, maybe on, on like Houston over by like First Avenue or something. I, I, I can picture it. There was also a gas station there, right, called Gasseteria. But, or was Gasseteria a gas station that got turned into a nightclub or something? No, I think it was a gas station, but that sounds like something they would do, you know. People do turn gas stations into other things, like space castles. But anyway, um, yeah, it was in the Puck building, which I guess Puck was also a, a comedy magazine, wasn't it? Back in the day, Puck magazine? Or was it a brand of cigars? Or both? I don't know. Anyway, this is Spy Magazine, if you remember this. I think at this point in history... In 2023, I think I think Spy Magazine is pretty forgotten at this point. But uh, I do remember it. It was sort of everywhere for a while. It was a it was a humor magazine based in New York City, published from 1986, 1986 to 1998. So that time period. But yeah, whoa, what's going on over here? Some sort of uh, are they tossing glass objects into this truck bed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yes, that's what they're doing. Good stuff. Good sound effects for the morning here on the show, yes. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, by the way, I'm heading into New York City for the first time of 2023. The first time in a while, actually. Going to work in New York City. It does all, like these days, going to work reminds me of that. There was like a scene in, uh, remember, Absolutely Fabulous? Another very 90s TV show from Britain. Uh, where uh, Pats, Patsy was, uh, she worked at this magazine, <laughs> another magazine. She worked at this magazine, and she hardly ever went into the office. So she like she went in, and she didn't even know like where her office was or what was going on. It, it almost felt like a dream where you work somewhere, but you don't know where your office is, or you know, like <clears throat> that classic dream where you have to like go back to high school, but you don't know where your locker is, you don't know where any of your classes are. You're just completely lost. You know, what the hell is this? On the train tracks, there's some. What's this? Black. Oh, it's a TV set. Someone. There's a flat screen TV that someone like smashed back here. So the black glass is like the front glass of the TV set. Wow. Someone smashed up an old TV set over here. What, what kind of TV was this? Best Buy Recycle? <laughs> it was a recycle TV? Wow. Was this local youth smashing up electronics by the train tracks? I don't know. I'm sure the old vacuum tube televisions would be much more satisfying to demolish as somehow if you were able to break the, uh, the thick glass wall, would it, would it have sort of imploded because it's like a, uh, <coughs> uh, like, a, like a vacuum tube? Right, would, like if you, it would be hard to break it though. Like if you had a big sledgehammer, I guess you could break a vacuum tube. But those old TVs really aren't around anymore. I mean, occasionally you see one holdout that had one that, uh, you know, tries to throw it away. Like our town here, they used to pick up electronics as part of the bulk pickup, but then they stopped a number of years ago. But apparently, a lot of the residents didn't get the memo, so people will put a TV out on the curb and it'll sit there for months. You'd think. After a couple weeks, you know, usually the bulk pickup is like, what is it, Tuesdays or Wednesdays here in this town? You think after like a week or two, they're like, listen, they're not going to pick it up. Let me find an alternate way. And they do have, they have the electronics recycling. 
<coughs> we have to like pack everything in your car and take it to this one spot in town and um it was, it's like maybe twice a year they do it <coughs> it's actually out behind my like i can see it from the overnightscape studio when they're doing electronics recycling kind of interesting all those cherished electronics being discarded and you know um <coughs> apparently like all the the e-waste as they call it Ooh, a red pen on the sidewalk interesting you don't usually see clear red pens on the sidewalk that's a rare event but perhaps not a very interesting one. <laughs> anyway, um, they they said that e-waste, which is all of these you know old computers, TV sets, what have you. I get and, and, you know mostly computers and TV sets, I suppose. What, what, what else would go in there? Speakers, it's all that kind of stuff. Old phones and stuff. Apparently, you know, in each of these devices, there's like super toxic chemicals that they had to use to make the circuit boards or whatever, the batteries, right? So. Because we live in this uh, consumer-driven economy that you have to consume, right? You'd think a, a sane society would be like, okay, let's make electronics. Well, th- to be fair, obviously, we're, we live in a time where everyone wants to be on the cutting edge. to have the best possible TV set. So at, we're, we're living in a time where even with television technology displays you know you might want to say uh that they're getting better and better all the time right that so like if you buy a tv then two years later there'll be a better one right even though the one you have is perfect for perfectly suitable to watching videos but uh you want the latest and greatest but also these what exacerbates the situation is these devices are they seem to have some sort of uh what, the, what, what was the uh, planned obsolescence? That is, they, they sort of are designed to break down in a few years, so you got to buy a new one, whether or not you, you, know, you need it. I sort of believed in, in keeping something until it just completely broke or died, you know, so. And, you know, especially with TVs. Um, morning. Uh, especially with TVs. Cute little doggy walking there. Right. <clears throat> um, like, I remember when we, when we went from a flat, when, when the old tube TVs, the cathode ray tubes uh, to the uh, the flat screens. It was a, such a big change. But my parents kept their, their tube TV for years. And then when I would go over to their house and look at their little tiny TV, which if you're used to it, it looks fine. But if you're used to a more modern TV, it it, it, looks, uh, it looks horrible. It's like this grainy, fuzzy, blurry little piece of crap, postage stamp crap, right? And you're, you're like... You know, you really should update your TV. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> but anyway, like I, I have never been into that, you know, wanting the latest and greatest home theater system or anything. I've never really been into that that uh, scene. But yeah, I don't even have a proper stereo system. Oh, look. The, here on, on the, the side of the sidewalk here is uh, the base of an old TV of a thrown-out TV that must have been sitting here forever. Oh, cool. In front of their house, they have... It's almost like a little uh, gas pump, but it's an, an, an electric car charger out in front of these people's house. I never noticed that before. It's not on the side of their house, because, yeah, the house is not positioned properly for it. So, yeah, you put, like, a little... I wonder, could you get, like, a uh, a, a, a decorative sheath or shell for your, your electric outlet thing for your car make it look like a cool little gas pump <laughs> that'd be cool <clears throat> just to remember the days of the uh, petrofuel 
Yeah. Gas stations. Anyway, so yeah, the e-waste, um, they used to just ship it off to like China or something. And they, they would just have, they're like, China's a big country and they just designated areas. To, they would just dump all of the, they would make a, make a, a pretty penny on that. You know, they, you'd, you'd pay them. Here's a barge. I guess you could just drag this barge across the ocean. Here's a barge full of busted old TV sets and computers and stuff and just dump it. And then I think what happened was that there's such toxic chemicals in there that anyone living within a certain radius of, of the dump would just start getting all these horrible diseases and stuff. And that's not good. So I think, I think they stopped. So I don't even know what they do with it anymore. I don't know what they do with the e-waste anymore. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but Spy Magazine... <laughs> So yeah, I, I so they sort of. Uh, I, I remember. The, I'm I'm sure I got some issues of the magazine, and it was sort of a humor magazine from sort of a sort of a snotty, yuppie, um, New York intellectual perspective, right? Uh, and uh, and <clears throat> for example, like the, the the entire run is available on a page on the Internet Archive. Um, all of them seem to be in there. I didn't really do a full cataloging but yeah it looks like all the issues are in there or most of them I started looking at the first few issues and there's a lot of ads for really trendy restaurants and cocktail bars things like that rest you know restaurants cocktail bars that as a young urban professional you would uh, be frequenting right you know the whole idea of yuppies I guess you don't hear about that anymore Right. First we had the hippies, and then yuppies were Y-U-P, young urban professionals. And they had their own little subculture there. And this is, this is something that I've been noticing quite a lot. Like when you grow up, when you're living in a time with subcultures, such as like the mid to late 80s New York yuppies, right? And you felt kind of not a part of it and kind of annoyed by it. All these years later, that whole scene is gone, man. There's nothing left. Similarly, the, uh, like I'd say, say the uh, late 90s, early 2000s to mid 2000s, you know, hipster scene in New York City, like in Brooklyn. That was another scene that I was tangentially aware of. That's gone now, too. I mean, I'm sure there are newer variations thereof. But, uh, Right, those scenes which seem to be so robust and vibrant and had their own set of ideas and theories and worldviews and that's all gone. But I find myself almost reflexively, almost like comparing my life and my cultural state to those uh, subcultures that of the past that I coexisted with but are now gone. But in my mind, it's almost like they still exist at some level as foils for my cultural perspectives. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. It makes a lot of sense, damn it. Um, oh, I forgot to... Do I have bus tickets? Oof. Oof. Are you, are you kidding me? No, I, okay, I have... Jeez, I just have two. I, I was going to re- replenish my bus tickets in my wallet, but I forgot. This one's all faded away. Hopefully they'll accept it. 
damn, this has been in my wallet for a long, long time. I think they'll accept it. I hope they'll accept it. They will. Anyway, so yeah, um, isn't that, so that's kind of weird that, right, all of the, uh, like the, like the kids I was in college with who were real, like, you know, the, like music nerds really into the current music, which I really wasn't into as much. I remember people listening to, like, Joy Division and stuff when I was in college in the 80s. I eventually got into that kind of music, but I was sort of, a, like, a, a lost kind of an outsider to that kind of stuff. And, and it wasn't until later that I sort of discovered what these people were into. But I, uh, yeah, it's just it's just weird to think that these things that groups of people that you perceive that you're coexisting with that are now finished like you you sort of like for example this place i used to work this financial marketing agency over on third avenue and as you know i recorded this show the whole time i was there from whatever the years i was there was 2000 whatever to 2000 (laughs) i think it was like from 2004 to 2015 or something like that um remember dave from work but I always remember kind of like the guy, the owner of the company and kind of like the people I worked with and the kind of little culture within the company that I sort of uncomfortably fit into. As I, I, No matter where I am, I sort of uncomfortably fit into something. Uh, I'm, like, I'm like a square peg in a round hole, yeah. I'm sure most people feel the same way. But maybe, maybe me a little bit more. Anyway. Um, so, like... The guy that owned the company is like they, that company. They moved to White Plains. What a drag! It, luckily, I left before they moved to White Plains. I'm not going to work in White Plains. It's a hell of a commute from around here to be. I mean, amazing. The uh, the mass transit commute it involves uh, getting into Manhattan and then getting over to Grand Central somehow. So whether I was going to take the train or the bus or whatever, then I had to get over to Grand Central and then take Metro North to White Plains. It would have taken like two and a half hours each way or three hours each way. So the people I worked with, there's one guy that I, I used to work with, this guy Vlad, who uh, was living in Verona the last I had contact with him, which was a long, long time ago. So he started driving up there, which itself is like an hour and a half drive, but it's a lot less than the mass transit. So they were trying to carpool with people the miserable drive up there you have to go over the uh the what well it used to be the tappan z bridge that's a good name for a bridge tappan z bridge hey i'm tapping the bridge tappan z bridge the hell are you doing with that bridge anyway the uh, it's now called the mario cuomo bridge that was the father he was the governor of new york way back when in the 80s or whatever and his son became the governor andrew cuomo but he had to resign in shame for some reason i don't even remember what the guy did He's not getting any bridges. He had to resign in shame. I think he was harassing women or something. I forget what the guy was doing. There's so many. It's like a scandal each week. But he was like a COVID superstar in the early days of COVID. Like his his COVID press conferences soothed the nerves of New Yorkers through the entire state or something. I, I mean, apparently it was it was the thing for a few minutes, and then uh, I don't know what the hell he did to piss someone off to get canceled like that but anyway he's not going to get a bridge his father has a bridge he's not going to get a bridge I don't think he's going to get a bridge <clears throat> I don't know why they have to name bridges and train stations after like politicians like in New York they had to name it the Moynihan train hall <laughs> after uh, New York Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan why does it name it after politicians is that, is that the thing oh if I'm a politician maybe someday they'll name a building or a bridge after me 
How about a causeway? Could you, could we have the Frank Edward Nora causeway? Well, I'm not a politician. No. Anyway, I'm not really sure what started that whole trend, but I guess it's kind of like it's the politicians that approve the money for these things, so I rub your back, you rub mine, you know, that kind of thing. Honor among thieves. There you go. That's, see, this thing I'm talking about, this is like an article they'd have in Spy Magazine, sort of a, a snotty, uh, you know, cynical article about politics, about naming bridges. That definitely could have been the kind of thing they would have in uh, Spy Magazine, but anyway. Um, yeah, that, so like, I, I, wind, I think I wind up thinking about that little subculture and that company and kind of how I had to stop myself. I'm like, no, it's gone. The guy's dead. The, the owner of the company said he was he, he was a cool guy he was pretty intense so he was like one of the original like ad, ad men you know from Madison Avenue in the 50s you know that kind of so he was a real old school kind of guy he was a cool guy though ultimately I was sad when I heard he passed away um, anyway I have to remind myself that no that little subculture of that workplace does not even exist anymore and in some places, sadly, in some ways, sadly, the current place I work, the fashion company on 42nd Street, they, uh, the, the, the subculture that we had um, really doesn't exist anymore. It, we had, uh, like when I first got there, I was sitting like at this random spot, felt completely out of place. Fashion is the one, one of the things that I'm mo- least interested in. Oh, here's the bus. All right. And... Uh, Somehow we kind of developed that our department was kind of this cool little island within the company. We had this cool little alcove, and we'd have the, all these crazy conversations all the time. And it was uh, it was like an amazing little culture. And then COVID came along and ruined all of that. Anyway, here's the bus. We'll pick this up in New York City. We're here, Port Authority bus terminal. Uh, this feels like walking into the past in some way. It's still here, the old bus terminal. With all its brown tiles and disheveled appearance. So it's kind of soothing. Some aspects of the past are still here. So on the bus I was playing uh, this card game, Llama. I just, I just recently... Uh, I got a few games like these are German, um, German like board games. Um, there's a series called like That's So Clever, and there are these dice games. It's it's a genre called Roll and Write, and um, you uh, you roll these dice and then you have to mark in these uh, spaces on these score score pads. And uh, apparently, it's a real game. It's a physical game that either there's just score pads that you use a pen or a dry erase marker I think that's probably how it is with that one and you roll the dice and you, you sit around with a bunch of people you roll the dice and you, it, you know you have, you have to choose which section to fill in so they had like the fourth edition uh, called Clever Forever and uh, I don't know if I wanted to buy it but I did wind up buying it and uh, you know it was pretty good I uh, haven't really gotten into it heavily yet, but it's, it's a cool kind of game. And the same company, Brettspielwelt or something, it's all from, it's, it's all from Germany, has a new game from, uh, there's a game designer that's very famous named Rainer Knizia, or I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, 
who has a new game called Llama, which is uh, spelled many different ways. In this case, it's just all caps L-A-M-A, but sometimes it's written L period, A period, etc. And then the American edition is L-L-A-M-A, because it, it, it has these llamas in it. It's not, that's just one problem. You know how some people kind of uh, use the llama, which is a uh, south, sort of a South American mammal, similar to a camel in some ways, relative to the camel. It doesn't have humps, though, I don't think. Remember there was like Llama Soft, that guy who made all those Tempest games, that whole, that whole thing. Remember that whole thing? I kind of remember that. Because llamas are kind of, I guess you could say they're kind of silly creatures that people sort of obsess on these silly creatures. You know what I'm talking about? Look at this. 8th Avenue and 41st Street here in New York City. It does feel like walking into the past. My past. Or the past. Yeah, I'm thinking so much about, like, you know, New York City in the late 1980s. But this is New York City in the uh, early to mid-2020s. Still kind of similar. Oh, look, here's, here's an ad from PETA. Don't be a prick, we're vegan. <laughs> what? <laughs> is there some play on words there I'm missing? Buy cactus, mushroom, or apple leather instead. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, because it's, it's a naked model standing in front of a cactus. Okay. Cactus leather. Okay. Don't, don't be a prick. We're, we're vegan. I do. Everything I have on is vegan, as far as I know. I don't, I don't do leather anymore. Uh, but anyway, this llama game, right? It, it's kind of, on the surface, it looks, doesn't look very good. It looks, it's just all these cartoon llamas and rainbows. And the game looks like you're just going to play some sort of version of Uno. Uh, but it is actually a very good game. And when you buy the app, it costs a couple dollars. Uh, it has four games in it. It has the regular edition. It's a card game you can, so you can play by yourself with like AI opponents. And you go around, and then there's a party edition, which introduces a few new cards. And then there's the dice edition, which is a different game using similar mechanics. And then there's the solo dice. So overall, it's uh, you get four games. But I was playing the party edition. So what it is, is there's just cards, one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then there's llamas. And for the party edition, some of the numbered cards have plus signs, and then there's also a pink llama. And uh, you go around, if someone plays a two, you got to play a two or a three. got to keep going up. When you get to six, you can add another six on top, or you can play a llama. And then from, from on top of a llama, you can play another llama or a one. And the idea is you go around, and um, when the round ends, you get negative points for all the cards in your hand. So, at any point, you can quit the round and just take, take the penalty points of what's in your hand. And it's actually a surprisingly uh, complex uh, game. Very interesting. It's, it does, on, again, like on the surface, it does not look good, but I was sort of obsessing on it on the bus, you know. Because the game I usually would play is Marvel Snap, but that just runs down my battery so much. And uh, I don't know if I have a good thing to charge the battery at work. So I was, even though this this thing did drain like 10% of the battery playing it, but um, 
I hear screaming in the distance. Oh, look, a horse, a horse cop. I remember I had that one song I made called Horse Cop Coffee Leaf. That was a good song title. Horse Cop Coffee Leaf. There's a horse cop. Feels like a connection to the past. Policemen riding on horses. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Llama was good. It was a really good game. I, I, I've sort of been into it lately. And it's new. It just was, I think, released in 2022. I guess the tourists love seeing the police horses. Yeah. There's a hotel. Nice. There's a horsey. Uh, but it, it's interesting because these games, because this is there's a bunch of different kind of games you can play on your phone. I'm playing games constantly on my phone. I know there's people like my brother John who uh, who never plays games. He has no games on his phone. It's just not on his. It's just not something he's interested in. I have a hard time like understanding that. <laughs> I understand it's just not their thing. Like my brother is super into football. You know American football. He's a big Commanders fan. The team formerly known as. Uh, the Redskins, <clears throat> and uh, he's just—he—he's hugely into that, and I'm not into that at all. So you know, people have different interests, but still, you have a supercomputer in your pocket with literally tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of different games you can play. Most of them are for free. Want to play some games? Video games, damn it! Well, look, an ad for Babylon. That was such a good movie. Only in theaters, December 23rd. I like that movie. Finally, a, a, a poster on, uh, on this building that... So is it one Times Square? The hell does that say? What? All right, let's... Anyway, it's not one Times Square. It's the one directly to the south of one Times Square. They're going to open a place called Pink Taco over there? Pink taco? Doesn't that sound like a... That sounds like one of those euphemisms. Yeah, man, I really... Uh, I really got into the pink taco last night. <laughs> really? Pink taco? Interesting. No, it's not one Times Square. It's this other building. I don't know what this one's called. But it's the one that has a subway in it and stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Between 7th and 41st and 42nd and Broadway. Pink taco. Interesting. Um... Yeah. What was I saying? Uh, kind of lost my train of thought. This pink taco kind of like... Lost my train of thought there for a second. Yeah, anyway. Um, uh, so, uh, I think I was going to talk about... Yeah, the, yeah. The uh, these games, right? The, the games from Germany that are meant to be like um, just recreations of a particular board game, card game, dice game, what have you. These generally you just pay you pay one price, $2, $5, whatever, and then you have the game. You can play it forever after that point. And there's no more um, purchases. Occasionally a game like that that uh, is 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 a is like a recreation of a physical game may have uh, expansions or, or downloadable content DLC so you may they may have a new set of cards they release and you can you can buy that but generally it's not like most mobile games which have these various forms of currency in the game 
and they have these psychological techniques to get you to keep playing, right? Most games have a, an in-game currency like gold coins that you can earn by uh, what we call grinding, right? By playing the game, usually quests, right? So, so you'll get these quests like uh, win with, with 40 or more points, you know, and then you'll gain a certain something, like you'll, you'll, gain, in, you'll gain gold coins, right? Then there's other credits, which are uh, you just have to pay real money for. And the whole thing is, the idea is that there's a game, and you playing it, you're, you're, you're slowly but surely uh, um, building up these credits that you can use to buy stuff in the game, like cosmetics, like new costumes for your character, or you know, new characters or new cards or whatever, right? And this is a system that... That's how games can be free. A lot of these games are free. And if you really have a lot of patience, yes, you can play the game for free and slowly build up the the, the in-game currencies that you need. Or if you have money or you're bored or you can afford it, you just pay the money and then you get stuff faster. It used to be a lot about random, like, loot boxes, they call them... Uh, you would get a random, some sort of randomized object that you could pay the currency for, and then you get random stuff. So, if you had discipline, and you enjoy playing the game, you can play these games essentially for free, and slowly build up this in-game currency, and then use it to sort of buy these random packs, and, right, so it was sort of a, you know, and obviously there's people called whales that they have a lot of money, or they are spending a lot of money. Maybe they can or can't afford it. And um, they, 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 I think the game companies that have free games, they make most of their money off whales that could potentially put hundreds, thousands, or even tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars into a game. You hear those rare stories of some sort of little phone game with you know, popping balloons and someone spent $100,000 on it to get the special balloons or whatever. But there are people out there that have more, more money than they know what to do with and they're bored and so they just, they're like, I'll be the one person to own that golden balloon or whatever. <laughs> and of course, so it, it's a, it becomes a bit annoying when there's things out there like, oh, here's the, gold, the golden topaz balloon, whatever, and you know you're never going to get it, but, some, but it's, it's essentially, it's like, it's good for you in a way that these whales are out there so that you can actually play the game for free. But it's, if, you th- if you step back and look at this, it's just like, what? These are like video games. You used to buy a cartridge. You, one, you buy it once, you can play it forever. Now there's all these different levels and currencies and whales and free-to-play. Oh, my God. It's like, it becomes so complicated. But the loot boxes were considered gambling in some parts of the world and it is kind of like gambling and so a lot of companies have now moved towards what they call the uh, the battle pass or the uh, mastery pass it's like a uh, it's something that's kind of similar but this is track this is in so many games now and you uh, as you play the game you earn experience points and you go along this track and at each point of the track, there's a different prize, right? And uh, the tr- and so the idea is that this track, 
I know this sounds awful. If you're not familiar with this, it just sounds awfully annoying, and it is. But there's like this track, and uh, if you if if you're free to play, you might get like every fourth or fifth thing. Everything else is locked for the premium pass. But if you pay whatever five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars to get access to the premium pass, now you get everything that's on the track, but you still have to grind. So in the old days, it was. You would have to grind, which means just play a lot and slowly get small amounts of rewards. Or you just pay actual real-world money and you get the stuff faster so you don't have to play so much. You get the, the special costumes or the special cards or whatever. But now with the, ma- the passes, it's basically you have to, you have to uh, pay and play. And yet somehow this has become the dominant thing. And, uh, but whereas most games, I think, have both a pass and quests, right? Like the game, my current game I play a lot is Marvel Snap, as I mentioned. They have, it's a really good game, but they have all these different, they, they have the pass, they have quests, and they have this levels thing, all these different things, but... I play the game enough that I, I do buy the pass on there because I, I play enough that I'll, go, I'll get through the pass because I play the game that much. But I've had other games where I don't play it enough and I didn't get through the pass and then it feels like you spent money and then you lost out. Then what they do, if, if you didn't finish the pass, because you didn't play enough, you have to. Uh, then you can pay money to get the levels you didn't earn. <laughs> if you step back and look at it, it really is bizarre and just insane in some ways. But this is all in the the vein of having games that are free, because obviously, if you put out a game and say, "Hey, everybody, this game is free," people will play it because you don't have to pay any money. Oh, here, here's a game. Pay us 10 bucks to play the game. How many people do you have a fraction of the people playing the game? You know what I mean? What the hell? Helicopters. Okay, we're here in Bryant Park. So the, the winter market is actually closed, but some of the food stands here are still open by the skating rink. Waffles and dingus, kukli. Yeah, this, as, as, I, as, I meant, I, as I walk through here a few, t- a few times this season... They did not have much. Uh, they did not have much um, in in the way of vegan food. They, one year they had like five or six vegan places here at the Winter Village. Just pause there for a second. The Dough Nuttery. Oh, yeah, they have Max Brenner, the chocolate from the bald man. But they got rid of the bald man thing. I know it was a disturbing logo, but I really think they should have stuck with it. It's the only thing that made the place interesting. I really never went there to buy anything there, but <laughs> this grotesque picture of this like this obese bald man who makes chocolate for you. There's <laughs> something very disturbing about that. <laughs> and fascinating. Anyway, um, yeah, so these games now. So then it's... Uh, then we get to a game called Overwatch which is a game, it's more of a computer game than a mobile game. It's not really on mobile. It's a great game. It's been going for years, and they recently switched it over to Overwatch 2, 
Now, the previous system was just loot boxes, right? So you basically, you play the game, slowly build up experience points, and when you reach a new level, you get a loot box. And then you open that up, and you might get random costumes and voice lines and cosmetics, basically, right? And so, me as more of a casual player, I knew anytime I played, I'm just slowly building up. I, I, my, my playing the game is not wasted. I'm slowly building up experience points. Even if you lose the game, you get a few experience points. You're slowly building up, right, to get a loot box. Overwatch 2, see, and that game was pay-to-play. You had to pay like $30, $40 to buy the game, and then you got these loot boxes. But anyway, wait, I can't go this way. <laughs> What's going on? Really? Can I go this way at all? Oh, yeah, I can go this way. They're deconstructing the winter village. Um, so the new game is free to play, even though I already, I already bought the original one. But now since they made it, they, they decommissioned Overwatch 1, which I paid for. And now they have Overwatch 2, which is free to play. So they only have, all they have is, is the rewards track. They call it the battle pass. And, uh, right, and there's, there's no random stuff. It's just all set stuff you get on this pass. The only quests are for, um, are, are for just advancement on this track. And so, like, I bought the pass for the first, the first inaugural season on, you know, each season is like a month on Overwatch 2. And I played a little bit every day. I played, like, a couple matches every day. And I got, I didn't even get halfway through the pass. And then they're like, oh, would you like to complete the pass? It was like $80 to complete the pass because I didn't play enough. I'm like, no. So now I didn't buy the next pass, obviously, because it's a waste because I don't play the game enough. And uh, <laughs> for me to play, like, I, I, now that I didn't buy the pass, there's hardly anything, there's really nothing on the pass that I even want, really. I mean, so I just kind of stopped playing the game. <laughs> it's really... It's just weird how it all works. There's like no incentive to play the game anymore. Other than, yes, if the game is fun, I can play it, and I do occasionally play, but... The idea is that these uh, convoluted mechanisms uh, pushing you to play the game are not completely negative. I mean, it, it is basically like... It's, it's a give and take. It's like an interactive thing, like to have these quests and stuff in certain games, a game that you really want to play, it can be fun to try to beat the quests and stuff. While it is manipulative and whatever, it, there's a positive side to it too. But somehow with Overwatch 2, just completely... You know what it is? I'm just not that good at the game. And I was playing at more of a casual level, and the new system does not really promote casual play. All right, I'm approaching the place of work. I'm going to go to Amazon Go, grab some coffee or whatever, and see what's going on. Our mixed drink game is getting spicy. There will be a surge in interest in spicy cocktails next year. The Cocktail Trends Report predicted. Ugh! The screen change. I want to hear about that. I'm all for that, spicy cocktails. That's the news screen in the elevator here. They're uh, instituting a new elevator system here. I think they already have it in one of the banks of elevators the idea of um, there's a uh, there's like a computer screen and instead of you know pressing the button to go up and then you go in the elevator and you press the button to the floor you want now right yeah they have it here you press the button 
there's there's like a touchpad in the bank itself, and you press the button of the floor you want to go to, and then the elevator just goes there. You have no control once you're inside. Advancements in the elevator systems. All right. Oh yeah. So uh, when I went to Amazon Go. <laughs> It was an interesting visit. You know, this is the place where you scan in with an, an Amazon code, and then you can just pick things up and put them in your pocket. You don't have to go to a cashier or anything because they're scanning you. And uh, what kind of car is that? A weird, like, green Hyundai venue. Interesting. Um, so I, I went into Amazon Go, and the first thing I noticed, they're playing that song Informer by Snow. Remember that song, Informer? It's a good song to hear unexpectedly. And uh, I went to, uh, when I grabbed one of those, uh, one of those expensive ve- vegetable drinks, the Suja Uber Greens, God knows how much that sent me back. Uh, and I went to get coffee, and it was so, like, weird. Like, there was a, the soda machine was, um, this guy was, like, it was all flooded, and this guy was like scooping water out with a cup <laughs> and then like all the coffee the coffee machines were like gone there were like these computer terminals that were like it was like computer coffee or something but the screens were off i guess they had a new coffee system where where it would just like automatically brew it or something since the last time i was there they just had normal coffee and the guys like yeah the the the, the coffee machines are down i i called the plumber like, wait what Wait, what happened? There must have been some sort of flood or something, you know? He was scooping water out like... They must have had to turn off the water main or something. The hell? You can't get coffee? That was ridiculous at this Amazon. You see, you still need... It's not completely, uh, like, robotic. You still need, like, a person attending the place. It was a big disaster. So I wound up getting the uh, some uh, avocado cucumber sushi for breakfast and that with along with the super expensive vegetable drink was my breakfast. See, it's great to be back in New York, spending ungodly amounts of money on uh, exotic foods. Oh, look at this. See, this is, this is amazing. This is right in my building. This used to be uh, Pret a Manger. Le Botaniste, 100% organic plant-based food. It's coming. It's coming. There's a hoarding. And the hoarding is, uh, is uh, fairly high res. You do see some pixels, but, you know, hey... When people are making hoardings, you know, you see the pixels sometimes. Those are the signs you put up in front of a store before the store opens a hoarding. Uh, yeah, look at that. And then there's, I think there's, yeah, this is cool. And then isn't, what about that other place that was going to open? Wasn't there, wasn't there going to be like a, a vegan hamburger place? Is that open yet? Let's go see. Listen, 42nd Street is turning vegan. I love it. Uh, coming soon plant burger okay yeah that one that one's pretty low res too I can't judge I shouldn't judge people's hoardings please yeah so I I had to get some coffee from work it's weird at work we don't really have like a um, it's not really a regular coffee machine anymore it's just it's sort of it just makes espresso but you can just put hot water in it but it's just I don't know it's kind of a pain (laughs) It's supposedly it's good uh, espresso. I don't know. I guess you could make an americano. That's sort of like a regular cup of coffee. Damn, it's cold out here. I didn't. I didn't think it was that cold. Anyway, yeah, it's good to be back. 
I have I have my lunch plan. A very I, have, I definitely have a lunch plan. You zip up. This is really too cold out. I mean, it is the winter time essentially. It's, I mean, it's been we had that cold snap back in December, but otherwise it's been relatively mild. Wasn't it just sixty-five degrees the other day? Oh, excuse me while I zip up. Why is it so hard? I haven't done this in a while. I can't remember how to zip things up. I, I've been at home. I've been in my warm house. Wow, it's really frigid out here. What the hell? I mean, I have the full winter coat and hat and everything. I guess I have to start putting all that stuff on. I don't know. It's wild. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of interesting being back in the office. It kind of... It has some, it has some, some better vibes than last time I was there. Uh, remembering back to the good old days. In fact, in the kitchen they have like a video, like an internal video channel or something. And they have uh, the anniversaries. And I knew because I was hired in January 2016. So that means it's my seventh anniversary. And indeed, it said seventh anniversaries, Frank Nora. There you go. It was great. <coughs> I was featured on the screen. Seven years. And not, but I, I worked for like six months before that as a freelancer. So seven and a half years now at this job. It's just crazy to think the previous job I had at that financial marketing company that I was talking about, that guy, you know, the madman guy, the ad man guy, the, ones, the one that moved to uh, White Plains. I don't even know if they're still in business. I have no idea. I have no contact with them anymore. Uh, it's been seven and a half years since I... Since I more than that, because I was laid off like in, a, in March or April of that, uh, from them. Long time since I was there. Time marches on. So here's my plan. I want to go to uh, Grand Central. Just I want to reconnect with Grand Central Station. I don't know if I'm going to eat there. I, I want to go to the dining concourse because that was such an iconic place for me. Remember, always going to the sidecar seating area and sit sitting there and <coughs> all the bizarre homeless people, like that one guy that would just like laugh maniacally because he was like you know insane. You just sit there. You're trying to eat your your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> insanity uh, I used to love that there was a whole vibe to the whole thing I mean I've been there a couple times in the past couple years but it's just not uh, it's not the same it's not the same we'll see where I'm going to wind up I mean I kind of do want to go to the, the Hue it's a bit of bit, bit of a trek but that's the food court in uh Sorry, the food hall. The food hall over in uh, over in what was uh, you know the City Group Center. I've been there a couple. I haven't been there for a while. Went there a couple times. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna head on over there. But yeah, it's so weird to me thinking about like you know like so. But anyway, I uh, I did go to the Spy Magazine offices that one time because I was you know as a messenger. I believe just. For when I was at MTV, I think that's why I went over there. Yeah, because I also was a, an independent. I, I was working for a messenger agency just for a few weeks. I I don't know if I went to the Spy Magazine offices as part of like as as a foot messenger, working for that company, or 
That may have been when I went there, or when I was an intern at MTV News. I did go on a bunch of, uh, I did do a lot of messenger missions, too. It was one of those two, but I was in those offices, and you can see those offices in this, the reason I got on this spy magazine uh, uh, rabbit hole was because I just randomly popped in my mind, there was a TV show from 1990, it was Spy Magazine Presents How to Be Famous, and I remember seeing it, and uh, back in 1990 on TV, and I looked it up, and yes, it is on YouTube. You can see it's like an hour-long TV TV special, and uh, they're in the offices there. So those are the offices that that I, that I was in. What a lost bit of, of history, you know. And I did. I looked it up, and indeed, Gasseteria was a gas station right there. It was right across the street from the Puck Building. I looked it up. Uh, East Houston and Lafayette. That's that's where it was. Apparently, that gas station was there until into the 2000s. One of the few gas stations in Midtown Manhattan. Well, not really. That's not really Midtown, but in Manhattan itself, right? Very few gas stations. Uh, so that's what I was remembering. But it was just wild that oh, here's Grand Central. Oh man, it's cool to be back in here. Remember that first day of the pandemic? March 13th, 2020, I was at the sidecar seating area and there was like no one else there. I'm like, wait a minute, there's usually people here because the pandemic had started for real, yeah. All right, let's see what's going on here. Uh, Even being here, it just feels like walking into like being some sort of dimension traveler or something, going to this place that shouldn't even exist anymore. Yeah, I do feel like a dimension traveler. I think that was the nomenclature I used to use, like a dimensional travel was sort of the ability to, not even interdimensional, just dimensional travel, being able to travel to different worlds. This does feel like interdimensional travel, it's just eesh, so cool being back. All right, let me go down to the uh, concourse, because, but wait, they're supposed to be, okay, they're, okay, so I read that, okay, I totally didn't put two and two together, but they're going to be opening the train station under the train station. Did I mention this the other day? Grand Central Madison, right? They're going to be opening it this month. It was supposed to open uh, uh, a few months ago. So I think I have some sense of where they're going to be putting this stuff. I want to see if I can find any... Ooh, the Transit Museum. Oh, cool. Let's see what they got in here. What is this? Oh, this is about Grand Central Madison, I think. Is it? There's like a cool model here of the different train platforms. Yeah, this is not much of an exhibit. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's a very, very uh, kind of half-assed exhibit. I like the Transit Museum, though. Then, of course, you have the Transit Museum shop. Let's see what they got. The, I used, remember they used to have the uh, things for the, the non-existent T-train? Like... The tea train was supposed to open, but now it's not going to... No one even knows. They do still have, tea, like, a tea train t-shirt, but the tea train is, like, 2030s, 2040s, if that, you know. Oh, cool. What is this? New York City Transit. Oh, cool. It's a, it's a retro Transit Authority t-shirt, logo t-shirt. Yeah, the tea train. <laughs> that, that was a big bust. Well, they opened the first phase of it, but, you know. Anyway, let's go down here, because I thought there was supposed to be... 
Well, wait, let me go over here first because we're exploring this. It's supposed to open this month, so right. They, there, there should be some. The entrance to it, I think, was over here in that octangular room. Remember the octangular room over here? Oh, uh, what a shame! The the super expensive uh, beer store is shut down. Remember that place? Remember I tried to buy like a six pack. It was like thirty dollars or something. I'm like, yeah, no. Let's see. Yeah, this is the this is the what happened to the octangular room? Man? It's all <laughs> it's all my God! It's all different. This is wild. Yeah, because the uh, this is where the a staircase is going to be going down to the other train station, right? Yeah. <laughs> Weird, man. Yeah, there's all these. It's all boarded up. But I think there might be some escalators or elevators or something over here. But there's got to be another entrance. I thought there was something going to be in the food hall, the food hall, the uh, dining concourse, to uh, to go down to the next train station down. There's something so dreamlike about that. Yes, yeah, the train station under the train station. I mean, it's pretty iconic. Grand Central Station is an iconic train station, and to put another train station underneath it, I'm going to have to go to just Long Island just to go on the train. I take. I want to go there. I want to go get take a train somewhere so I can go onto it. This month, I mean, it's, it's opening in a few weeks, theoretically. It could be delayed further, of course. But. Of course, there's Starbucks. I don't know. I don't even... When if there's a Starbucks, I don't even see it anymore. I never go to Starbucks. I have no interest in Starbucks. It's just kind of non-existent to me at this point. See, over there is where that store Pick. Remember Pick used to be there? But they have a Pick at that mall I went to, American Dream. Let's see what we got here. The dining concourse, man. Any, any food I can get down here? Because I thought they were going to put escalators right over here to get that go down. No, I guess not. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There they are. Holy shit. You can still, oh, my God. There they are. The escalators going down to Grand Central Madison are right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, there's a ticketed passengers only waiting area. Oh, look at this. Everything's closed. All these places. Remember the falafel place over here, the Chinese place. I thought they said Hale and Hardy Soup was open. This one's shut down. Oh, this is so depressing. But from over here, I should get a better view of those escalators. You can see them just blatantly going down to Grand Central Madison. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Look at that. <laughs> this is like taking my breath away. Seeing this. Oh, my God. You have to understand, this dining concourse, all the seating areas, I've been here so many times. Just this huge bank of, of escalators going down. Oh, I knew, but I knew they were going to be there, but I have not seen them before. Wow! And they got, you know, they got rid of most of the seating and stand-up tables. Listen, this place is no fun anymore. Okay, obviously it's no fun anymore. What do you want? Look at this! All aboard for Grand Central. L I R R coming soon to Grand Central. <laughs> there it is, Madison Concourse. Long Island Railroad. Look at that. I'm looking down into it. I'm looking down into the new... Tracks 201 to 304. Oh, I wonder if they're going to have a 209. Oh, my God. I don't know. Are they going to have a 209? Oh, please tell me they're going to have a 209. Because, like, in, uh, at a Port Authority bus terminal, there's a, there's a gate 208 and a gate 210, but there's no gate 209 that they publicly acknowledge, that is. Look at this. 
I can't believe I'm looking at this. This is wild. It's the future. <coughs> All right. So this place is busted up. Oh, donut plant is there. That's good. Lobster rolls. That doesn't help me any. Um, I know for people that eat such things, that's probably a very delicious food stuff, a food product, a lobster roll. But I don't, I don't go for that. They have vegan lobster, but it's not probably not quite the same. Uh, that freaking tartineria. I'm not going to that place. Shake Shack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about Cafe Spice, the Indian place I used to go to? They're all standing tables. Listen, uh, for depressing seating areas, nothing. I'm going to go to the sidecar. I'm going to see what's going on in the sidecar seating area. That was the ultimate depressing seating area. Cafe Spice shut down. Oh, there's no foodstuffs. Dirty taco. Mm, this could be good. I don't know. Just, just they have vegan stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's the kind of place where it's going to be an uphill battle determining if it's vegan. So. Alright. These escalators working? Yeah. Let me, uh, let me check out the sidecar. Is it back open? It is. And it's just a. There, there's a couple actual seats. But it's mostly standing tables, so it's pretty depressing. But it's still the sidecar seating area. I can at least remember it. I recorded so much over there, you know. Little ATM vestibule still there. What's that? Damselfly? What is that? Remember I have a song remember I made a song called Jackpot Lee Damselfly? If you don't remember, don't worry. It was a really obscure kind of deal. You know, if you know, like when you have something in your pocket, and it goes through the wash. Like if you have like like a, like money or something with paper, it just gets it gets completely like messed up. That's what I, I feel like. New York has gone through the wash, and this is what's left. <laughs> this is like it's the same, but it's all like different and dinged up and weird. It's a different New York City. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a summit. I got to go to that observation deck. Yeah, when I have a spare $40 in my pocket, I'll go, I'll go to the observation deck. Why can't it be cheap? Remember I went to that place? Remember I went to that place uh, in, in Philadelphia, Liberty Tower or whatever? It's like 12 bucks to go up to the observation deck. I can dig that. 12 bucks. Sounds good to me. Not 40 for God's sakes. Observation deck should be 12 bucks. Listen, I know you might say I'm living in the past, but I could dig 12 bucks, not 40 please. going on over there I don't want to go over there but I have to see what's going on I thought they shut down the uh, that little food court over in Vanderbilt Hall but it's still there I could have sworn they shut it down I really remember seeing it shut down see, this is such an iconic this is the main room of Grand Central it's so iconic they even have it in Overwatch 2 you can come into the, their version of, of this Grand Central but you're like a sci-fi soldier and you're shooting everyone as opposed to just a regular commuter. Look at this. They brought it back? What was it? I even forgot what it was called. It was, it was not good. There was nothing vegan or anything. It's now called City Winery. Ugh. And City Jams looks very depressing. <laughs> and not in a good way. 
All right, let's get out of here. I'm going to go up into the uh, Pan Am building. Of course, it's now called the MetLife building, but it was Pan Am at some point. Masks are now optional, but still encouraged. Uh, not too much mask wearing going on in here. Two people wearing masks. Listen, when I got that cold a few months ago, because I hadn't gotten a cold in like two, three years, I, that cold was so powerful. And my, you know, I, I can't help but thinking it's because I didn't have a cold for three years because, uh, you know, I was wearing masks. And, uh, you know, in a way, I think it's important to, to uh, keep your body, like, familiar with all the latest germs out there. You know, your body has a natural defense. Obviously, if there's some big disease going around, you know, you don't want to... Listen, if there was really that deadly of a disease, you're not going to wear these flimsy little masks. You're going to wear, like, a whole, like, you know... What are those suits they wear in uh, those movies, the full body suits? But anyway, over here by the Citibank, remember over here, I, um, I remember I, I used to feel an interdimensional uh, thing over here by the Citibank. There was like uh, something going on interdimensionally there. And, uh, and then it, once the Apple Store moved there, I have no idea if the Apple Store is still there. It, it like went away. Right? But it's just like... Uh, the idea that there's higher dimensional constructs all around us and there was something very blatant there and that I could just barely feel it. And here, here's, a, here's the great newsstand, but they've gotten rid of all their uh, magazines. Here's a sign of the times. It was a newsstand and there's no more magazines. <laughs> it's really depressing. This used to be a great newsstand, like my wife, for her, for her job. She wanted to get like Italian magazines and stuff and they, they had them here. They had like a ton of exotic magazines because this place was... Um, this place was uh, independent. It wasn't part of like Hudson News or anything. They had really cool stuff here, but there's no more magazines, just food and lottery, of course. Can you imagine? No more magazines at that place. They must have, I mean, obviously people aren't buying magazines anymore. That's why they got rid of them. But, oh, look at this mid-century uh, lobby area here. Very groovy. Uh, this is a mid-century Pan, you know, it was a mid-century modern uh, building when it was built. Yeah. Pan Am building. Very cool. Um, but yeah, like the idea is that we're in a th- we're, we're all that we can sort of perceive is a three-dimensional volume that we exist in. But the idea is that it's within the within a larger four-dimensional, five-dimensional, six-dimensional space, and that hyper above and hyper below. There could be other stuff going on. And I think, I think not just me, but many people can vaguely perceive such things. So I definitely perceive something over there. And I do think if there's interdimensional portals or whatever, it would, there would be some in Grand Central Station. It would just make sense as a service to those individuals that have some permission or have been granted sanction to know about and travel between the worlds. This is all speculation, by the way. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> that uh, they can... Uh, Grand Central will be a great place to go in and out, right? If you want to come to New York City, obviously you have to be in a uh, 
you have to be in a uh, an avatar that looks relatively human, you know, because this place does not accept uh, non-human, uh, you know, entities that are like humanoid. You know what I'm trying to say? Humanoid, humanoid sentient beings that aren't human, right? Of which many may, may exist, but. They're not allowed here to be out in the open, or they have to wear a, dis- a human disguise, or have some sort of force field around them that makes them look human, or some sort of mind control thing that makes people think that. You know what I'm saying? Do I know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Did they change this breezeway here in the Helmsley building? I know Leona Helmsley, the Queen of Mean, is long dead, but I think she owned this building at one point. She was this, like, psychotic woman who, like, owned half the buildings in New York. She was, like, really evil, apparently. I'm sure you could look it up. Yeah. All right. Am I going to go there? I guess I'm just going to go there. I'm going to go to the other place. I need the vegan ramen. Ooh, more mid-century type feeling areas, which is on Lex. So I need to go down to Lex, which is right down here. Again, I gotta zip up. It's colder than I thought out here. So yeah, this uh, this TV show. It was called Spy Magazine presents How to Be Famous, with your host Jerry Seinfeld. He's like, hello, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm somewhat famous, but how how can you become famous? Co-hosts were. Victoria Jackson and Harry Shearer to uh, Saturday Night Live alums. Harry Shearer, of course, who was in Spinal Tap and did a bunch of stuff. Victoria Jackson, I remember her on SNL. She uh, she turned into some sort of like extreme Christian comedian. <laughs> she was like, yeah, it was, it was like apparently there's these Christian comedy tours that are extreme, like. On her Wikipedia page, it says she, she used to accuse Obama, President Obama, of being a part of the Muslim Brotherhood. Stuff like that. Remember, people were all like, oh, he's Muslim, all this other stuff. Yeah, she, she, she was one of those kind of like, uh, I guess she was in the Tea Party. When, there, when was there a Tea Party, by the way? Remember the extreme, the extreme uh, political ex- Tea Party? When did that, when did that go away? That was there for a few years. What years, though? What were the years of the Tea Party? Because she wrote a book how she joined the Tea Party. What the hell is a Tea Party? Let me try to figure it out. Because I, I remember I went to that Ron Paul rally in 2000... Was it 2004 or 2008? One of those kind of years. And then the Tea Party came, and then the Tea Party went. <laughs> but Ron Paul really wasn't part of the Tea Party, but... There was a vague kind of libertarian bent to it, but it was libertarian bent towards that alt-right kind of stuff. You know? Oh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into that kind of stuff anymore. Tea party. But yeah, this show is pretty good. So they're, they're there in the offices of Spy Magazine talking about... Like they have this uh, celebrity science lab where they... They bring these people in and they have Ricardo Montalban stand on this square and they saw how the people, how people like, like, uh, 
started gathering around him because he was a celebrity and he was talking about uh, Fantasy Island, which I don't think was still on at that point, but I mean, maybe it was, no, it, was it still on in 1990? I guess it's re- remotely possible. I mean, 1990 was just like the year before was 89, which is in the 80. And then they put donuts on the other table to see could, how do people choose between <laughs> celebrity or donuts? And how people had to go get donuts and they had to go back to the celebrity. It was kind of pretty clever. And Harry Shearer was doing like celebrity polls. How America views celebrities. And it was all very tongue in cheek. But it was cool. Like, I just remember being there in that office. Was, because at the same time, I was doing my own comedy magazine called Anything But Monday, which was not uh, on the same level as Spy. Spy was huge. My magazine was very small. It was sold in a few comics, comic book stores here and there, though. But in general, uh, yeah. So I must have thought of that about that, that they are also doing a comedy magazine. But it was, you know, because this is the thing. One time at work a couple years ago, before in you know in the before times before the pandemic one of my co-workers younger which could describe all of my co- most of my co-workers she was like can you imagine being in new york city in the 80s and i you know because i've been kind of like reluctant to to divulge how old i am at work but I, i'm not trying to hide it I, you know but uh, yeah, imagine being in New York in the 80s. She's like, all the dance clubs and all the different scenes and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, I was there. But I was living in New York City, 87, 88, 89. But I wasn't going to any dance clubs. I was a freaking nerd. What do you want? I didn't. Ha- I wasn't into any of that kind of stuff. Like, that's just that's just a small percentage of the population that's involved in whatever cool scene you've heard about, right? I didn't know. I didn't go to any of that stuff. I may have been tangentially aware of some things that were going on, but never really uh, went to these dance clubs or these uh, CBGBs or anything like that. I don't know what state CBGBs was in at that point, but I was sort of coexisting with that stuff. Oh wow, the hue is pretty far away, but it's necessary. It is necessary to go to the hue. H-U-G-H, not H-U-E, or H-U, or H-O-O, or W-H-O. Well, that, no, no, that would be the who, not the hue. Yeah. Hue is just H-U-E or H-U-G-H. Yeah. H-O-O would be who, like who, Dr. Who. And I, I, I just started watching it on YouTube, but I remember Jerry Seinfeld... If you want to be famous, step one, have talent, yes. You'll need to have talent in order to be famous, yes. I got to finish watching that, it's pretty funny. Oh wait, there's a food hall right over here, right? Yeah. I could go to this food hall, but I want to go to the next food hall, I think. What's the food hall over here? There's a food, food hall around every corner. It, it's not like... The main thing, it's not like a sit-down restaurant. You, you go up to the counter, you get your food at one of the various places, and you go sit down by yourself. That's how it works. 
because it is I still feel I would feel weird going to a sit down restaurant just by myself I don't know why there shouldn't really be any stigma about that Yeah, this is uh, urban space, right? Yeah, I went here a couple times. You know what? I, I, I remember I remember I was going to the Hue, and then I wound up seeing this place. Oh, Takumi Taco. That's a, that's when I got those like twenty dollar uh, burritos. Yeah. Well, listen, you're lucky if you can get a burrito for twenty dollars these days. <laughs> anyway, no, the Hue is right around the corner, so we'll go to the Hue. <coughs> Indeed. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the last couple of times I was here in New York, it just things felt off. But I don't know. I'll cautiously say that there's a different... I've been noticing this since, you know, 12.01 a.m. On, uh, on the 1st. That 2023 has a different vibe. And this New York feels much better than it did even uh, when I was here a month or two. Well, I was here last month, right? Wasn't I? I think I was. Anyway, who can remember these anything anymore? Hopefully some people. Oh, it's East 52nd Street, Israel Bonds Way. That looks like my zone Kaiser. The bakery and cafe is shut down. We have to be getting close, correct? I think we're close. 53rd. And third, standing on the street. No, no, that's a different song. It's about male prostitutes looking to turn tricks on 53rd and 3rd. And how one of them went nuts and started slicing up one of the Johns with a razor blade. It's a Ramon song. Then I took out my razor blade And I did what God forbade Now the cops are after me But I know that I'm no sissy 53rd and third Standing on the street Very uh, depressing song 53rd and third I'm trying to turn a trick This is 53rd and Lex, not 3rd. The Hue. Okay. Let's go in, what's the best way to go into... Oh, I, I want to go into that... Uh, that sort of uh, courtyard thing that's down one level. You know what I'm talking about? Is that how you get into the Hue? I think that's one way to get into the Hue. There's like, there's like some subway, subways here or something. Yeah, there's a subway. I don't know if I could take the M. That might be good. You don't need subway cards anymore. You just use your uh, your phone or your credit card. You don't need token. Remember, I remember when there was tokens and then the metro card and yeah. All those historical New York cities, now gone forever. I don't know that they're gone forever. I mean, there must be a way of recalling them. Time travel, dimensional travel, etc. 
Oh yeah, there's a cool fountain kind of thing here. Remember there used to be a place over there called Melt? It was like a, uh, a grilled cheese restaurant. <laughs> no, listen. And there's St. Peter's Church. Get grilled cheese and go to church. And then take the subway. It's a plan. Grilled cheese, church, subway. Well, no, the grilled cheese place isn't there anymore. You would need a time machine for that part. Yay, we're in the, uh, the hue. There's one other place I might try. It was the African superfood, but I don't know if I want African superfood. I might just want some, some ramen. Remember, there used to be that uh, Barnes & Noble here that I go to, like, so much. And that used to be the, the Conrad shop before my time. I don't think I ever went there when it was the Conrad shop, but I'd love to visit the Conrad shop. Uh, again, you'd need a time machine of some sort. Remember I came here with uh, Reuben and Clara from Australia, and I was going to show them this, this place, and this is before it was the Hue. It was just, this was just a courtyard. It was just an a, a, a atrium. And I, I was going to bring them to Barnes and & Noble, and, and, and <laughs> the Barnes & Noble had clothes. It was all shut down. It's very sad. This looks a little different than last time I was here. I think there was more like strings of lights everywhere last time I was here. But where is the African superfood though? Uh, I mean, I guess I should try something new, but I kind of just want the ramen. See what they got here. Super bowls. Oh, this is, is this the place? No. Similar. It's African-ish food, but I don't think that's the same place. Or is it the same place? It's very similar, though. I'm getting all confused now. This ancient vegan bowl? I think it is. I'm just going to get beat. I don't know what's going on with this. I think the ramen place is over here. Get jello shots for seven dollars. Really? Is that a good lunch, like jello shots? Right, let me see. Yeah, this place seems a, a little toned down from the last time I was here. It's weird. Let's see what we got here. All right, let me get this. Out. Pause. All right, I got the vegan miso ramen, and I also got a. Uh, I got rice beer. Maku. Korean rice beer. Oh, made in New York City, brewed in Korea. Born in New York City, brewed in Korea. What? Maku. Makjioli Korean rice beer. Hmm. What does it say here? If you're imagining a traditional beer, think again. Maku is a fresh take on Makjioli. Korea's oldest alcoholic drink and, in our opinion, the most delicious. Pop a cold one to experience a soft fizz and a hint of sweetness and an addictive tart finish. You have to shake a little bit. Contains sediments. Hey, you know, we're going to have a beverage review. I didn't know I was going to have a beverage review. I mean, it's, it's a regular size can. It's like 10 bucks, but 
Listen. You're not. It was t- <laughs> ramen and beer, twenty nine dollars. Jeez, I can't do that every day. It's like a special day, though. I'm in New York. Ma cool. I'm gonna write this down. Korean rice beer. See, it's weird. It's weird because like I, the first time, first couple times I came here, that it just seemed there was something scintillating about this food hall. I think it had that new food hall like sense. You know what I mean? And now it sort of settled in and got a little more grungy, but it's still cool. So definitely some cool spaces and stuff, but just not quite as energetic as I as I recall it. Yeah, listen, I cannot like cannot do thirty dollar lunch like every day. I remember you used to get a lunch for like nine dollars, you know, a drink and and the main course, you know. Anyway, my vegan ramen. I mean, a lot of food halls have vegan ramen, which is good. Maybe about half of them have vegan ramen. And it costs an arm and a leg. Yeah, so it was like 17 for the ramen, 10 for the, uh, the beer, and then the rest in taxes. Yeah. Don't they, in Europe, don't they have, like, the taxes already built in, so you don't have to add tax afterwards. Apparently, Europeans get annoyed at that. Like, if this was in Europe, this I would have paid 17 euro. But here, everything's more than it says because of taxes. All right. Is mine done here? Let me see. Is this ready? Uh, maybe mine is ready. Let's see. No, no. No, it's not ready yet. There's in the pickup area, but it's not ready yet. Now, are the Jello shots vegan? No, of course not. It's made of Jello, animal connective tissue. Remember, this used to be called City Corp Center, you know, because there was Citibank, and there the company of Citibank was City Corp. I think it was Corp, not Core. You know what I mean? Like sometimes C O R P S is pronounced Core, but I think C O R P is pronounced Corp. And then it became City Group instead of City Corp. They changed it to the City Group building because their holding company was no longer City Corp; it was City Group. And every time I'm here, I got to mention that uh, way back when there was that the guy Paul I used to work with at that place I only worked at for about five months. That was a disaster. That job, uh, the branding agency, and we used to come over here and we went to the city the city group cafeteria because they had really cheap food. And I think at some point they started checking people's IDs, but I mean, like you could go in there and get lunch for like six dollars or something. It was amazing. It was like two levels below here. In like the sub 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 basement of the building, there's this uh, corporate cafeteria. It was very cool. So, let's see. I know it could take a while to get the uh, the ramen here. Yes, thank you. I'm gonna go this way to exit out to the seating area. Now the big choice of where to sit, how to sit, seating style. Plenty of seats available. 
see where I'm going to sit here. I remember one time I was here and I, I had all these papers laid out on a table. I had to make this really, this phone call, some sort of like financial thing. And it was like going to be this long process. And someone came up, oh, do you mind if I sit here? I'm like, well, actually, you know, could you sit somewhere else possibly this time? Because, you know, I have this big thing going on. And they're like, well, wait, what? You, you can't reserve a seat. I was like, why are you asking then? <laughs> you can't reserve a Like, fine, sit. What do you want me to do? I can't. I can't force you not to sit there, but I think the person eventually left. Like, why were you asking? I guess if other people were, if I was saving the seats for other people, I should have just lied and said, oh, no, my friends are coming soon. F you. You know. Wait, where's my beer? Where the hell is it? Oh, here it is. Okay, sorry. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Napkins black plastic fork in a clear plastic wrapper, uh, chopsticks in a paper wrapper, one of those uh, plastic uh, ramen spoons, and we have the actual ramen itself, and then a separate container, and then the bag, and then there's a separate container, a cardboard container for the broth, and there's the plastic. I mean, listen, this is like Eating ramen is like, there's so much garbage, you're like demolishing the environment just by having ramen, but it's so good, you have to do it. You have to. Caution, hot. So it's like a cardboard container, and uh, there's a plastic bag around it that they tied really tight, so I gotta like try to rip the bag. All right, I think we can put it all together now. All right, let's see. Shake gently before opening. I'll open that one soon. Hopefully vegan everything. Listen, I know every place has their own interpretation of what does vegan mean, and if it says vegan, I'm hoping they really did their homework, and yeah. When was the last time I was here? It seems like a long time ago. Yeah, there's just the different vibe here. It's not, it's not bad. It's just not quite as brilliant as it was in this other time. All right, let's try this out here. Mm-hmm. Really good vegan ramen. Yum, yum. All right. Let's get the Maggio... Macchioli. However you pronounce it. Macchioli. I think that's the name for Korean rice beer in Korean. I'm shaking it gently. I hope this thing doesn't explode. Alright. Let's see how this this is. So it's ten bucks. Every sip is like a buck fifty, a buck worth a dollar worth of liquid. This is so expensive, this inflation. Right, let's see how this is. Interesting. Yeah, this actually tastes a lot like shoju, which is the uh, which we actually had some shoju when I went to that um, that vegan ramen with, with my fellow the fellows from work a week or two ago. Yeah, it tastes a lot like shoju, the uh, cloudy um, sake. Right? 
but it's a little feels a little carbonated. It's cool. I like that. Wow. Total, I mean, I don't know why. You, I guess it's beer, but it's. I dig it though. I like this though. I dig it. Nice. All right. Let me uh, have my uh, repast. Is that is that a good word for it? Uh, my repast. Is that like an ancient word for food? Is it repast? That almost sounds like you're eating pasta, though. But these noodles are like pasta, so this is repasta. Yes. All right. That, re- that ramen was good. It was not the best vegan ramen, but it was good. I give it like a 7 out of 10. 6 or 7. Um, playing a few games of Marvel Snap here, doing some quests. Did I... Uh, Yes, I completed the play three card cards, three cost card quest, and uh, also have to win a look. I have one more win a location with four cards, questing. What that is this? Play ongoing cards, or I got to make a whole deck for ongoing cards. This is the questing thing. Yes. But it makes the game fun to play. <coughs> yeah. Over to my right here is a place called the Original Hand Roll Bar. Kazu Nori. I know Nori means that seaweed wrap. So that looks like a cool place. You sit at the bar and you get uh, <coughs> kind of those like sushi wraps. Not sure if they have anything vegan there. But it's like a cool place to eat. It's just a random place in space time. But what if you had access to all versions, all. T- Let's just say all times of New York City. Not even talking about alternate versions, because that would get much bigger. Um, <coughs> I think it would be quite amusing, quite fun <coughs> to just time travel around to all different time periods of New York City. Just imagine, go see, you want to go see a movie, just go back in time and see the movie when it first came out, like in New York City. You know what I mean? <coughs> but I don't... I don't have access to such a thing. Though strangely, I do feel like at some point in the past, maybe in a past existence, I did have access to such things. Is that a true memory or impression, or am I just being influenced by all of the science fiction content that I've consumed in my life? Can I discern fiction from reality at those deep levels? I think I can, yes. But at the same time, there's something to be said for being... I'm trying to think stuck, trapped. Uh, I'm trying to think of a more kinder word. Being um, embraced by the limitations of having to live in one place, in one time. That's moving forwards at one time speed. And having to deal with such limitations... It provides a very different experience, obviously, right? <coughs> All right. So anyway, this maku is... Uh, and the A has like a backwards accent mark over it. But then somewhere else they spell it. It doesn't have that backwards accent mark. So. <coughs> anyway, this is really good. Maku Korean rice beer is really good. I would get this again. I, it's really good. I wonder if they have it at my local liquor store. I haven't seen it, but if I see it, I'll get it. It's like, it just imagine a shoju 
I think I'm using the right word there, the cloudy sake rice wine has a slight, very slight carbonation and a little tart feel. Uh, yeah, so good. Super impressed. <coughs> very nice. Okay, the specials at Kazunori are on chemo hand roll and then sea bass something. The guy's blocking it. Sea bass sashimi. <coughs> Great. Alright, let's get out of here. I kind of dig the more subdued vibe in this place. It almost seemed too bright and shining last time I was here. But again, could that be, and I'm, I'm serious here, could that be, um, <clears throat> I arrived at the trash area at the same time as the janitor guy. It was a little awkward. Um, but could it be that, right, in any place, this, there's a cool uh, seating area here too. Let me sit, let me sit up here for a minute. It's hard to describe, but it's almost like bleacher-style seating. Um, oh, there's a big clock on the wall. It just moved. I guess it moves every minute. The big hand. Yeah. But, like, a space like this, right, when we talk about it has a, a vibe, it has a, a feel, right? <clears throat> I think that might relate to aspects of the space that are extending hyper above and hyper below that we're able to subtly perceive. See what I'm saying? So the vibe of the place and you know it could just be <clears throat> related to um, the astral body, you know the astral body. So in theory, there's a theory kind of my theory, but obviously it's based on many other theories that um, each of us human beings, we have a spare body, right? Uh, perhaps a millimeter away. So imagine one millimeter in the fourth dimension, right? So it's a parallel volume, one millimeter away in the fourth dimension. <coughs> and... Uh, and there we have an, another body, right? Which is physic another physical body, which is a, like a spare body. And so you could imagine this by the way you understand these higher dimensional geometries is to go down one dimension. So we can illustrate this by imagine a flat world, like a piece of paper. So there's a Mr. Triangle living on the piece of paper. Imagine another piece of paper a millimeter above that piece of paper. So two planes... Right, two sheets of paper, they're one millimeter apart. <laughs> Mr. Triangle can only perceive the plane he's on, but he has this extra triangle body, the next sheet of paper up. A millimeter away, see I'm using the metric system, I'm, try I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, progressive here, <laughs> advanced. We never use the metric system in this country, but it's not really, there's not a good little tiny, what I was going to say, an eighth of an inch, sixteenth of an inch in the United States measurement, you know. So anyway, you can imagine, so like, 
the main Mr. Triangle's main body, right, is the one he has a main body and then the spare body one millimeter away in the in the next piece of paper. And they're connected. There's some sort of connection between those two bodies. So there's a some a physical thing that spans into the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension here is a spatial dimension, it's not time. I know everyone has been brainwashed into thinking that the fourth dimension is time. That's not what we're talking about here. That's, I think that's a deliberate brainwashing to try to get people, steer people away from this type of thinking. But anyway, so the idea is the same way that there's two pieces of paper. So we, li- we live in a volume that has three dimensions, the paper has two dimensions. So there's two volumes, one on top of the other, a millimeter apart. And we have our spare body, our astral body <coughs> is... Uh, in, in a, a parallel volume and there's something connecting it to us and we have we're also inhabiting that body but the uh, in, so that body is as a human body so it has eyes and nose and mouth everything but <clears throat> so we can actually we can actually see things in that other space with our astral body so what we're talking about the astral plane they use the word plane which is actually very appropriate it's actually the astral volume, really. As a plane is more of two-dimensional. That uh, we have eyes there, and we could see what's going on in the astral plane. The only thing is, is that to the average person, the ratio of sensation between your, phys- your main body and your astral body would be a ratio of like a thousand to one. Right? So when you're seeing with your, the eyes that you know, your, your main eyes, right, uh, the visual signal coming from your astral body in, in a normal circumstance would be a thousand, a ten thousand, a hundred thousand times less, but it would still be there. Some people would be able to tune in and perceive that astral vision more or less. So I think for the average person, the sensations that we get from the astral body, which would be hyper above or hyper below, or could some people be like innies and outies, you know, like having your belly button in or out could your astral body be hyper above or hyper below right because there's two directions away from here in the fourth in the fourth dimension it's hyper above and hyper below anyway um, though we can't sort of resolve things visually that it's not just vision it's every it's sound we have ears there you, you can feel the air there you know all five senses that when we talk about a vibe or a feel, right, of a place, right, you know, sometimes a place feels great, sometimes it feels creepy, it feels liminal, weird. The idea is that there's something we're perceiving in the astral plane and that every place you go, there's stuff in the astral plane there, some more, some less, right? That's my theory. <laughs> How do you like it? All right, let me go to the bathroom here. Is this the same bathroom with the weird porthole on the door? I like when they, they update these places, but the bathrooms stay the same. Like, remember the 42nd Street food court became Dave and Buster's, but it was the same exact bathrooms. Yeah, this is totally, this is different now. They changed these bathrooms from, from the old days. The elevators in the, the building I, I worked at with that financial marketing agency, that madman guy, the adman guy, uh, they had portholes in the elevators. That was pretty cool. They were like psychedelic elevators. The building was made by hippies. All right, there was a cool stairway over here I wanted to try out. This stairway was not here before. 
I don't think. This is like, what is this stairway? What even is this stairway? I don't know where it goes. But it feels like it goes to where the Barnes & Noble used to be. Conran shop. I want to go to the Conran shop, damn it. That's like 70s. 1970s. Ooh, what's this? Guggenheim fashion displays. Hemlines from Skylines. There's a, an art exhibit here. Yeah. Oh, it was right here. Barnes & Noble was right over here. And that stairwell was not there. It's a brand new stairwell. Hemlines from Skylines. It's a tribute, to th a thank you to the concrete and steel beauty we experience every day as New Yorkers. It is a reminder to stop looking at our cell phones. Do people still call them cell phones? <laughs> because they, they communicate with cell towers. And look up. It's much more... All right, I've lost interest in this. There's a dress based on the Chrysler building. <laughs> Listen, attention span is real, okay? If they had worded that a little bit better, I, I, I couldn't take it. That paragraph was hard to take. Listen, there's only so many hours in a day. If a paragraph starts going bad, you have to, like, you have to, like, bail. Bail on that paragraph. I get it. They made dresses that look like buildings. Okay, we get it. Oh, my God. As it was a little warm in there, how long will it take before I start? There's that brief moment where you sort of have the haze of heat on your body and you're out in the cold, and then that doesn't last too long. Then you just feel cold. I'm sure I'll have to zip up in a moment, but not yet. I won't zip up yet. No, no, no. Some hoardings over there. New storefront. It's a hoarding. They haven't rented it out to anyone yet. They're looking for someone to sign a lease that hoarding. Ooh, they have a Dos Toros over here at Lexington 54th. <clears throat> What's going on over here? Shake Shack. Another Shake Shack. Yeah, I don't dig Shake Shack. Well, there's nothing for me. I mean, back when I was just vegetarian, they had this freaking, that was this mon monstrous sort of food stuff. It was like this some sort of giant mushroom with like cheese injected into it. As like It was supposed to be like a hamburger. It was, oh my god. I had that a few times. It was alright, but is this Mama Ganoush? Is that a Baba Ganoush place? It's kind of cool. Alright. Let's head over. Let's head over to Fifth Ave. Should be some groovy stuff over there. Right? We're so far north, we're kind of like, we'll be like by Rock Center, right? Rockefeller Center. Yeah, man. It's been too long, right? The overnight escape in New York City. They go together so well. Yesterday, I actually, uh, like, I couldn't take it anymore. I actually went for a walk around the block. I used to walk so much, but since like 2021, I, in 2020, I walked everywhere in my town because of the pandemic. But I just, uh, I've lost all motivation. That's why I really need to come back to work in New York from time to time and just to walk. Well, look, they have a beatnik here, the former uh, By Chloe vegan junk food place. I like vegan junk food. It's not good for you, though. I'm still doing the uh, dry January. Well, I guess actually I just had that beer, so I just broke my dry January. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, I think it's okay to 
Oh, I do have cigars. I, I haven't been having cigars, though. See, I didn't even think about Dry January when I had that beer. <laughs> I have cigars, but I don't have a lighter. So. No, but that's been the main thing. Like, to me, like, alcohol, I can take it or leave it. Like, it's not... <laughs> but... I have been really kind of, like, missing having, like, my cigar on my porch every day. Right? I miss that. Because there's something about it. Life is just not as fun without tobacco for me. And I know it's horribly unhealthy. I understand that. But, and I wouldn't smoke a whole cigar. I'd smoke like a third of a cigar, a half cigar each day. These are not cheap cigars either. But I don't want to smoke cheap cigars. I want the good stuff. The good stuff, damn it. Whoa, cool building, building noises. Hefty, hefty sonics there. But what is that, what are they actually doing? Like, what is that sound actually accomplishing? Like, some sort of, like, jackhammer? But what are they jackhammering? It's up in the building. Are they, like, jacking off some kind of, jacking away at some kind of, like, metal or something? I don't know what they're doing. It's a very groovy sound, though. I like it. But, like, what do they need to bash away at? Like, maybe they're putting, like, rivets in those metal, like, spikes of, like... Well, like, there's a... They make the building of, like, those, like, of metal beams. And maybe they, if they have to connect them, they're, they're, like, bashing in some kind of rivet or something. I don't know. I heard that sound so many times. I just never know exactly what that sound is. Nishiki rice, wow. It's a rice truck after I just had some rice beer. Can I go this way? It's like a construction zone walkways. Nishiki. Wasn't that the name of a bicycle too in that Tori Amos song? Bells for her. On her Nishiki. Can't stop. What's coming can't stop out is all. Whoa! Don't tell me I've accidentally stumbled upon a very important spot in the Overnightscape underground history. I have. Wow! Amazing. This is, uh, I didn't know I was going to be over here. This is, uh, uh, what was the name of it? There was a restaurant that used to be here. But let's go over here. Oh, Schumer's Wines and Liquors. There's a guy in there that looks like he could be from the 70s. He has like a big mustache. Maybe he is in the 70s and I'm in 2023. Maybe people from all different times are coexisting together. What was the name of that place? Um, Oceana. Oceana Plaza, I think is what I used to call this. Now it's called Christie's Sculpture Garden. Can I go actually to the exact spot? Oh my god, this is it. The old Oceana Plaza. Holy crap, I can't believe I'm here. Alright, <laughs> this is a very wild spot. Now it's Christie's Sculpture Garden. 535 Madison. 
Anyway, I think of this as Oceana Plaza, and I think that's what I remember it as. So anyway, I was right here back on August 8th, uh, 2008. And at the time, I was doing a series of videos called In Ramble. Take a quick video trip. And I came right here. That's a long time ago now, right? 2008? Come on. 15 years ago. 8808. And I remember it was a day like some Olympics were starting over in China or something. So I had this thing called the Flip Video Ultra, little video cameras. Before, most, most phones didn't have good video cameras back then. They had video cameras, but they kind of sucked. So the Flip Video Ultra, I was doing that series called In Ramble. That's actually all still on YouTube, and I am planning on uh, collecting all those for uh, Tapeland Video um, to uh, to release those. The audio has always been in the archive, you know, for a long time. But anyway, I was right here, literally sitting by this. There's like this waterfall feature that's not on at the moment. So it's sort of this half circle little bench thing, and. Uh, <clears throat> my flip video ultra did not work it was not working so I took that as sort of a sign from the cosmos that the video thing was not the right direction for me and was it within the next week I started the rampler and that as a sh- as a separate show of me walking around New York City in audio and that then led to this whole sequence of events that led to the creation of the overnight escape underground as a group channel so this spot right here is very very special and um and I've been reconnecting with the history of the Overnight Escape Underground recently. and um, <clears throat> So it's weird that I came upon this place. And remember, I was sitting here once, uh, and I was recording something. And this weird homeless guy came and sat next to me, and I recorded the whole thing. He had this binder full of these laminated documents and explaining all this stuff. I forget what that was, but it was right here as well. And then I wound up giving him like 20 bucks because it was this spot. It was a weird moment. I, I totally forget. I mean, it's in the archive. It can be found, you know, what happened here. But, yeah, this is a very special spot in the history of the Overnight Escape Underground. But there's no sculptures. <laughs> it's, like, it's a sculpture garden without any sculptures. I mean, there's some art inside the lobby of that building there, but there's currently no sculptures in the sculpture garden. So, anyway, there's some weird fake or real flowers over there that are purple, but I don't know if that counts as a sculpture. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, we just went to a historic spot personal history that, that was cool that was kind of cool reconnect with the past man what is that coke that has like it's a coke that has like a red a red can but black graphics is that is that the new coke zero maybe it's coke zero sugar because people couldn't understand coke zero they had to rename it zero sugar because most people, you know, they're not, not to be unkind, but most people are not like super bright, you know, <laughs> they're not really super bright. So you need to simplify things for them. But am I, am I saying that from a position saying, well, I'm on the curve, I'm a bit on the brighter side, I suppose, but... Listen, I know my limitations. I know there's a lot of... I, when I meet someone, I can really tell if they're smarter than me. And it's, it's fine. You know, there's people a lot smarter than me. I'm not that smart, but I'm smart enough. Let's put it that way. Very cringy to talk about this topic. Let's not talk about it. Oh, there's that building that the Sony store used to be in. The, uh, 
that uh, the top of it was like Chippendale, like a piece of Chippendale furniture. Very postmodern kind of uh, design. The classic building. Was that from the 80s or 90s they built that? I used to go in there and then I went across the street and went into the Trump Tower. And I wonder, I wonder if the Trump Tower is still cordoned off like it used to be because of, like, you know, Trump, whatever happened with him with the president's thing and stuff. I used to walk through there. It used to be a fun place just to walk through. They had Tower Records. You know, it's a fun, it was a fun place. They had a good bathroom there. You know. But then they had to cordon it off because uh, of a Trump. It was too controversial and no one was allowed in anymore. So I guess whatever businesses. Well, Tower Records shut down, and there wasn't really... There was, like, a cafeteria, but it was sort of... Maybe for people that worked in the building. I don't know. There's a cool indoor waterfall and stuff. If I had more time, I'd mosey on over there, but... Gotta get back, after all. What is this? Madison Jeffries. 520 Madison Jeffries. Wasn't Madison Jeffries the name of uh, Multiple Man, the X-Man from the X-Men? I, I have his picture as my, as my avatar in uh, Marvel Snap, Multiple Man. I think it's Madison Jeffries. Huh. See, comic book fans, we've got a chuckle coming down whatever street this is, 54th or 53rd or whatever it is. Still doesn't feel quite as cold as it was earlier. I don't know. I'm trying to get over this. Oh, here's fifth. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Those construction guys on ladders are like, fuck. What went wrong, guy? What went wrong with your construction technique? I don't know. Alright, here's fifth. Remember there was a store down by 5th and like 44th and it was shut down but there was a sign that said please stop urinating in here. Like it was, it was, a, it was a little like in like from the street there was a little it was sort of recessed a little bit but it was closed down and people were pissing in there. It was like it became like this public urinal kind of place. I'm sure the sign was very effective in uh, preventing the urination. Yeah. Oh cool, look. One of those pipes shooting steam out of it. Because New York City has a steam network. Pipes full of steam. Oh, the Microsoft store. I didn't know they had one here. Yeah, ra random steam is very, very New York. Oh, that looks like a very cool Microsoft store. I use Microsoft. I have a, I have a Windows 10. I keep refusing to upgrade to Windows 11. Didn't they say Windows 10 would be the last Windows? Come on, please. Of course, there's a Windows 11. Oh, there's Rockefeller Center down there. Yeah, back uh, from that hue, like, uh, I know there's a show art of an episode I did called Occult Wave, and, I, and there, that same skylight is still there. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the skylight would be very hard to replace. They're the same skylight, you know, with the window on the roof, and looking down. Oh, look, is that the, uh, the, Ni the Nike experience? Looks like a Nike flagship store. Is Nike, like, still relevant in the world of, like, shoes? I suppose so. 
Nike. If you just saw the word, you'd think it was Nike, but it's Nike because it's a goddess, the goddess of sneakers. Yeah, like the front of the building has these curved plastic or glass panels, angled bulges, hard to describe, and a big swoosh, the Nike swoosh. I remember I used to get some Nikes when I was younger. I only buy vegan shoes now, of course. Of course. Oh, there's a Lego store. Yeah, they remember they moved the Lego store in Rock Center? Yeah. And there's this, I guess it's a high-end jewelry store or something called H. Stern, but I always think of Howard Stern when I see that. There's the uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, big cathedral. Yeah, it's all here. Anyway, uh, today's uh, show is entitled. Hold on, let me let me look at let me look at a reference here. The title is "Made Up a Word While Brushing My Teeth." Ahweok. <laughs> yes. Is it no it's Awayok, not Hawayok. Made up a word while brushing my teeth. Awayok. And um, the artwork, because there was an old episode of the Overnightscape, and I, I can't think of it at the moment. I don't have a reference walking down Fifth Avenue here, but it, it was one of those drawings I made and I filled in some of the sections. Uh, so I took that and I was like playing around with it and just like Distorting it to the point that you see that sort of almost sort of like tall oval, almost like a torus kind of shape with black and red graphics on sort of a light yellow background, and uh, and, it, and I thought that just looked so cool. And then over the weekend, I think it was Saturday, Sunday, I think it was Sunday. I was, I was, it was completely accurate. I was brushing my teeth, and I was thinking about diphthongs, right? Isn't that sort of stringing together two uh, vowel sounds like hi the word hi we're actually there's two sounds there i right two vowel sounds that are sort of put together hi right so i'm like what about other what about some less common diphthongs if that's the right word i mean that might be the, might not be the right word but wow look at this a lot of police barricades. This is a big uh, tourist area, this uh, Rock Center and uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral and stuff. Oh, look. There's a very familiar store over there. Hey. Uh, oh, Saks, Saks and Company. See? Saks Fifth Avenue. This is the original Saks and Company. Is that tree still up? There it is. My first time seeing the 2022 giant tree at the Rockefeller Center. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It has a lot of yellows and purples in there. I, I think they try to make it more universal. They don't want to have traditional Christmas colors. They don't want to, they don't want to seem to be promoting Christmas with a Christmas tree now. Come on. That's madness. Please. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah, so I was thinking about like, how about a ao a a like that. I'm like, that's a cool diphthong. I'm like, what what letters? And I'm like, ck. That's a fun letters. And then what else? Wh. Those are fun letters. And so like, wayok. No, how about add an a at the beginning? A wayok. A w h a o c k. A wayok. Is it wayok? It's like a wayok, not a wayok. But a wayok sounds good too. WH is a weird one. Normally we don't pronounce, like when you say wheel, you're not saying wheel. So it's a way ock. Um, so yeah, I invented a word while brushing my teeth. A way ock. I like that one. A W H A O C K. I don't know what it means yet. That, that, that'll be for next time, figuring out what the word actually means. But I made up with a word. A way ock. I like a way ock. It sort of sounds like awake, but it sounds a little more sort of like a mock. You're awake, but you're a mock. You're a way ock. You're going nuts. You're awake and you're going crazy. Yeah. The way off. I liked it. <laughs> and I thought, like, I'll just write down the word. Because I was still in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, let, let me run and write down the word so I don't forget it. And uh, then I'm like, made up a word while brushing my teeth. As part of the show notes, I'm like, wait a minute. That should be the title of the show. Made up a, made up a word while brushing my teeth. <laughs> the hell is this? P448? There's a, a weird giant teddy bear covered with uh, different colored s- strips of some material. It looks like another sneaker store. What do they call them in Britain? Trainers? People are into those. I have some super random sneakers on. They're just... I got them a couple years ago. Just They're from Under Armour. They must have cost like 10 bucks. They're really cheapo sneakers. But they work. I should probably get some better shoes. All my shoes are kind of crunky and crummy. I guess I'm going to come back to it. I, got, I have to start dressing better, get better shoes. I work for a fashion company, after all. I'm a fashion mess. I have no... Uh, I, have, I have no idea what to wear. That's, uh, that's one of those things that is, um, I almost have like a mental block in terms of uh, the somatic side of things. Yeah, it feels warm out here now. It's very strange. I don't have to zip up or anything. It's wild. But yeah, this does seem like a, a New York City that went through the wash. Just been beaten up and kind of semi-ruined, but it's, it's still there. There's the Empire State Building. Remember, as a kid, you'd always be like, it's the Vampire State Building. Dracula lives there. Because as a kid, you don't have no idea what the word empire means. It just sounds like vampire. You have no, you don't know what an empire is. I mean, this is before Star Wars, obviously. Then every kid knew about the evil empire from Star Wars. But before that, you're like, empire? That sounds like vampire, please. The Vampire State Building, blah. Did they have a build, did they have a dress at that exhibit about the Empire State Building? Here's a dress that looks like the Empire State Building. Great. Good stuff. How about a dress that looks like the Freedom Town? It's very free, freeing to wear. What street is this? I recognize this. 47th, yeah, yeah. 
I think I used to walk down 47. I used to walk down all these streets. Please. 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 I walk down a lot of streets. Every time I come by this Barnes & Noble now, I wonder if it's going to still be there. It's not, you know, and again, it's not like, it's not as fun as it used to be, but this, this Barnes & Noble here by 5th and 46th is like, uh, it feels like the kind of place that would have closed years ago, but it's still open. It's amazing. It's still there. It's wild. It's like a holdout from the past times. back I went to the uh, cool little newsstand bought some more Uncle Joe's mint balls been uh, really enjoying those really great kind of candy it's not like a novelty product I know the name Uncle Joe's mint ball sounds like kind of sort of a jerky like novelty product but it's not it's just a it's a candy from uh, from from England that's really good they're just little uh, little hard candies but they have a particular uh, richness to their taste that's uh, more than more than the usual little mint hard candy thing and I also got a spicy drink right so there was I think I found the article it was on uh, Forbes you know like Forbes used to be like a business magazine and now it's just a website that just has a billion articles about everything it's sort of like clickbait but yeah it was an article about how yeah, they're, they're sort of anticipating a lot of uh, spicy tequila-based drinks this year and stuff. So I got a spicy drink. It's not alcohol, alcoholic, though. It's, uh, it's meant to be mixed, but we'll, um, we'll try it out. Another beverage review. Can you imagine? Two beverage reviews. See, coming back to New York City has its fringe benefits, such as beverage reviews. Weird beverages. That, that used to be the mainstay of this show. Right, remember I, I would go to Seven uh, Eleven, and every time I went there, there'd be weird new beverages. I even interviewed a beverage inventor on the show. Remember uh, the guy that was? I never, I never had it, but he was trying to ha- make like liquid cereal. He like took like a bowl of cereal and blended it all together into some sort of mash, and then released it in a can. I forget his name, but there was an episode where I interviewed him. Um, for, I forget the name of the company or the guy, but. But there was some product of his at 7-Eleven. I forget what it was. <laughs> you, you, you know, there's a trend here. I'm forgetting everything. But it's all in, uh, all in the archive. You see, it's all there. You can go back and hear it. So it's dark out now. Heading home. Going over to Bryant Park. See if there's any good place to sit. Go over a few more topics. Yeah, yeah. I actually I found some matches in my backpack, so maybe I should maybe I'll have some cigars. Well, obviously I can't smoke in the park, but how long did I last for dry January? I'm having alcohol and tobacco today. I wonder if the, the seating area by the carousel is still still good. All these empty stores a little creepy. Oh, there's the other Max Brenner location. In multiple locations in the market, great. I think their big thing is just hot chocolate. 
It's like a hot chocolate store. <coughs> the chocolate of the bald man. All the empty stores and behind it, the looming presence of the, the library, the New York Public Library. Look at all those stacks of books. You can actually see those stacks. I never realized that. I don't know why I never looked up there. Weird. Skating rink music. So one another thing. It was funny because I talked about how uh, Spy Magazine lasted till was it 1998? Something that opened in 1998 was a theme restaurant. Uh, on Broadway, I think Broadway in the 50s somewhere, called Mars 2112. And I never ate there, but I did go in there to play in the arcade once or twice. And uh, it was sort of like, uh, it was meant to be like you're going to Mars, like get your ass to Mars. I think when you when you went in, you you went into like a room that was like, here we are in the spaceship. And then there's, like, videos of you, like, blasting off and going to Mars. Now, welcome to Mars for your meal. <laughs> Something like that. But when I went to the arcade, there, there, it was just like, there was, like, a, a side door. You can just bypass that, and you can just go in to play in the arcade. <laughs> I remember they had, uh, I only remember, what the hell, they, they had a couple of pinball machines, but they had um, Whack-A-Mole, but it was uh, the aliens bursting out of the spaceman's chest. Something like that. Like the chest burster from Alien. So Spy Magazine ended and Mars 2112 opened. And apparently, and I would always just walk past that place and I just... It was not anything I found super interesting, but apparently it closed down in 2012. So 100 years before the actual year 2112. (coughs) It's weird. And then apparently they, they opened... Uh, another branch of the Mars restaurant out in Illinois at some kind of at some mall and it was only open for one year then they closed it down very strange but is that sort of just a a little piece of New York history this little theme restaurant all these years 1986 1998 2012 oh yeah here's the uh, the carousel I guess I could sit here there's no one the carousel kind of snuck up on me. But there is an attendant, so it, it is open, but no one's uh, riding. Sometimes I'm, I'm here, the carousel music is really awful and very obtrusive, but at this point it's not too bad. There's the frog you can ride on right over there. Most of them are horses. Do they have any llamas? Any carousel llamas? Let me look up carousel llamas because it's like... Uh, Related to that, there must be la- carousel llamas. No, there there must be. Hold on a second. Wasn't there like a Monty Python sketch that was obsessing on llamas too? I think everyone has a, some point in a, like a comedy or a comedic vein of talking about llamas. You know what I mean? Carousel llamas. Yeah, look at this. Carousel llamas. Yeah, they have them. They're out there. Wow. 
what, what is this, a carousel llama figurine? That They said this is a replacement carousel llama figurine. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean replacement? What? <laughs> Lennox carousel animals. Oh, okay. So out of stock, though. Wow. How about this one? eBay. Let's see. Lennox carousel llama. Llama carousel. 200 bucks. That's kind of cool, though. New in box with certificate of authenticity. It's not one of those knockoff uh, carousel, llama carousel uh, figurines. It's an original from Lennox. Really? Wow. I mean... I'd buy it if it was like ten bucks, but I'm not. I I, I don't even, no. I don't have any place for this. I mean, I mean, it would be kind of cool to have on my shelf a carousel llama. All right, here's the certificate of authenticity. Lennox certifies that the carousel llama is an original sculpture created by Lennox, crafted on fine porcelain, painted by hand, embellished with twenty-four karat gold, and issued in a limited edition of thirty-five hundred pieces. There's like a pre-printed signature, looks like there. Or maybe, the, maybe, do you think the guy signed it 38? No, he's not going to sign it 3,500 times. Michael, what's his name? Michael Romanko, the vice president of Lennox. Yeah, but that's just printed. Someone could print that as, as a fake. It's a certificate of authenticity. What good is a certificate of authenticity? It, needs, it should have some sort of stamp or hologram or something on it if you want to be official. That stuff is harder to pirate, you know? Anyway, we don't need to worry about this. It is it is a nice piece though, but and here's a real the, now this is a real carousel that has a llama National Carousel Association. And it's the Coneyot Lake Park Carousel. Carousel works llama outside Rose Standard. From 1999. Where is Coney, Coneyot? Con, Conaut? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's not worry about that, shall we? We have a beverage review. It's Avec Jalapeno and Blood Orange Sparkling Mixer. Oh, there's some carousel music. Was that like more of the Calliope style music? Calliope? That's what carousel music used to sound. Where'd I put this drink? This backpack. Ah, here. All right, here's what we got. It's Avec Premium Carbonated Mixer. Jalapeno and Blood Orange. So this is the idea. These spicy drinks. I mean, there's there's been spicy drinks over the years and I've reviewed a bunch of them what was it Prometheus water and then that loco soda there's all sorts of ones this is mix with a spirit or drink by itself it contains carbonated water blood orange juice concentrate <laughs> what do you think they're made of money they can actually get actual oranges to make the juice no they buy some sort of concentrate ugh calamansi juice what is that I hope it's not like calamari. Calamansi. Uh-oh. Organic agave, Mexican lime extract, 
jalapeno extract, and smoked salt. Mm. Mixed with tequila, mezcal, or vodka, or drink solo. Avec is a French for with. Enjoy with friends, with family, with spirit. Yes, I'm enjoying it with all of you, dear listeners. <coughs> Made with blood orange juice, calamansi juice, agave, jalapeno. See, I should look up this calamansi because... There was a thing that we got that had a weird word like that, and it turned out to be like fish row, and that's not vegan. It's calamansi. Calamansi. It is a Filipino lime. Okay, that, that should be safe. Let's try this out. It's no one riding the carousel. Very sad. It's a carousel waiting for customers. Where are all the little kids that want to ride the carousel? Let's try this out here. It's not bad. Slightly hot. Kind of a vague taste. I think this would definitely be better mixed with alcohol. What is that store? Cheesesteaks by the Truffleist? Truffles cheesesteak? What, they cost like $1,000 each? Cheesesteaks with truffles? Um, this drink, it feels like there's a good something, there's a good like, it feels like it really needs to have alcohol in it because by itself it feels very kind of only half a drink. It feels very empty. It's just there's not a lot going on. But mixed with some mezcal, not that I usually would mix mezcal with anything. I like drinking it straight, but I've had mezcal cocktails, and that's good, too. Yes, it is. All right. The hell is that? There's like, oh, there's like a blue light in the sky. I think it's like a spotlight from the, from the, the uh, you know, they shine spotlights. There's like a blue spot, a blue light in the sky. But I think it's, yeah, it's from a spotlight or something. That's weird. There's supposed to be a new comet coming. Have you heard about this? Every freaking time there's a new comet. I never see shit. I never see any comets. New green, there's a new green comet coming. Let me read you the story. <coughs> you know, Haley's was a bust back in 86. I kind of saw the one in 96, but it was not a sharp image. It was just like a vague green splotch in the sky, which makes no sense. I want to see a sharp image of like this fireball with like a tail coming out of it, you know? So this one may be good. They said this one only comes around every 50,000 years or so, so let's see what we got. Bright green comet to streak across the night sky in January and February. <coughs> they don't have a good name for it. It's just called uh, C slash 2022E3ZTF. you got to come up with a more catchy name for it. Who names these comets? Keep your eye on the night sky, a newly discovered comet that hasn't streaked across our region of the solar system since the last ice age. We'll be paying a visit this month and in early February, according to astronomy experts. 
Although the cosmic snowball known as Comet C2022E3ZTF probably won't be as bright as the 2021 Christmas Comet, I didn't see any 2021 Christmas Comet or the 2020 Comet known as Neowise. I didn't see that one either. <coughs> Get out of here. Listen, it's as far as the night sky, the Bortle situation here in Jersey and New York is not good. You know, Bortle is the uh, the scale they use to determine. The amount of light pollution. Obviously, we're at we're at Bort we're, we're at Bortle uh, <laughs> we're we're after Portly basically. Uh, I think Bortle Two is the I think that's the darkest it can get on Earth, and uh, we're at, we're way on the other end of the scale. I don't know what Bortle we're at, but you know, it's bad. It's bad. And we can hardly see like any stars at night. So what the hell? I'm going to see a comet. Get out of here. All right, let me get ready here. I think I am going to have a little one of my little punch miniature cigars. Listen, I already—that's <laughs> the thing. It's it's like it's like the domino effect. Once, oh, I already uh, okay. Dry January. Oh, I drank, I drank rice beer. Now I can have cigars. You know, the whole thing's over. Listen, it's just not fun without without a, without cigars. I know I shouldn't be I shouldn't be talking. I don't want to encourage people to use tobacco. Tobacco is considered one of the great health evils of our day but it's so fun <laughs> okay any uh, recycling bins uh, I don't know I think I'll use this whatever oh there's one see I could have recycled it oh well it's not the end of the world alright let me get some uh, let me get my cigar going here Listen, I, I, it's been how ten days since I had a cigar. These are punch cigarillos. <laughs> I'm not addicted, you know. I went ten days without one. I'm not addicted. It's like a little book of little book of matches, you know, like the, the old style matches, the paper book of matches, the cardboard. I wonder if kids these days even know how to use matches anymore. <laughs> yum yum, tobacco, yum yum. <laughs> these are decent little cigarillos, you know, quick little quick smoke. Yes. Tobacco. <laughs> No, I can stop any time. I did stop for 10 days. That was good. Mm. Excellent. My failure is now complete. <laughs> yes. All right, I guess I'll go to the comic book store. Didn't I go there a few weeks ago, though? I don't know. I always stop by the comic book store. Midtown Comics, across from the old uh, Margaritaville Resort. <coughs> they still have the COVID-19 testing tents all around. Not too much mask wearing outside, but some people are wearing masks. 
Anyway, the other day I was uh, kind of, you know, reorganizing the pantry a bit, and I had a lot of cat food from the kit that my cats were kittens from like 2019, early 2020. And it was just this brand that was like this healthy cat food. And they were eating it, but then we gave them like the Fancy Feast medleys. And once they got their hands on that, they couldn't, they would not go back to this other one. So I had all this cat food that was expired, so I got rid of that. And then I found this other cat food I had bought back in uh, the 2020, during the pandemic. All of the cat food was, there was no cat food in any of the, uh, the supermarkets. It was getting very scary. So I had to order it all online, like on Chewy. The cat food aisle was just empty. I remember going to the supermarket and uh, getting really worried. Like, I need food for my cats. I was going around to Target, the different supermarkets, trying to find cat food. And uh, so I'm like, listen, all they had was this kind of expensive cat food called Reveal. It was just like, like like super expensive, just like sliced fish in broth, you know? So I bought a couple boxes of that thinking like, listen, I got to buy my cat some kind of food, you know. So I, I stuck that to the bottom of my pantry and I, somehow I never needed it, you know. And it's still, it's still good. I mean, one box was good till uh, December 2023. The other one was like April 2024. I mean, it's canned meat, basically. It's, it stays good for a long time. Uh, so I started mixing that in with my cat's normal food which is mostly like medleys you know and uh i gave them a couple now they they love it so now i guess i'm gonna have to i don't i'm not gonna get them all revealed but i'm gonna have to start getting more reveal for them because i want them to have a more varied diet but that's been sitting in the closet for a couple years and i actually since it's been in there so long i actually uh when i when i dumped it out on the paper plate i was sort of i sort of smelled it a little bit to just to want to make sure that it didn't smell rotten or anything. It smelled fine. So, my cats are always getting better and better stuff. Let's see. Okay. Heading, heading over to the uh, comic shop. Anyways, I want to thank you so much for patching in to this episode of the Overnightscape. It is much appreciated, and uh, thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Frank Edward Knorr, here, and the uh, we're here in the Overnightscape Underground, a, a radio station inside a book. And just go to onsug.com, O-N-S-U-G.com, which is short for the Overnightscape Underground, for all of the information, all of the shows, everything. There are new shows posted almost every single day on onsuck.com. You can see the latest shows on the page there. And uh, you can also, the, it's the book. You'll see a picture of the book. You can order a copy of the book or download the PDF. It's, uh, I'm working very hard on the next edition of the book. Um, <clears throat> but the vision is that this project will be in, as we move on into the future represented by this book and, and all the shows the, the audio is inside the book in some way some kind of a microchip or something we're going to use microchip technology basically okay um, 
you know, we have over 13,000 hours of material in the archive. I don't think there's anything else out there like the Urban Escape Underground. We're, we're, we're not very well known at this point, but uh, we've been working on this sort of quietly behind the scenes, and I think eventually this, this, this work, massive audio work, will reach more people. We're very focused on uh, people listening in the near and far future. And we have a very unique style, as you can tell. And uh, we're a non-commercial project. We don't use money. Well, we individually use money, but the project is not a commercial project. Everyone works on it on their own. Uh, We all have kept our day jobs. And, uh, you know... It works out that way. I don't think this project has much commercial potential, so I think making it non-commercial was the right choice. You can participate. Your voice can be in this amazing archive. Uh, Just uh, check out the latest Overnight Escape Central uh, weekly show. PQ River out in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, puts it out each week with a new topic. This this past week's topic was uh, another music show. Check this out. It it should be out soon, and it's uh, me playing music from... 2023, sorry, ni- 1923, that just entered the public domain the first of this year. And there's instructions on how you can participate. We'd love to hear from you. Apparently the next topic is going to be the Beatles. So I always have a lot to say about the Beatles, and you may too. We'd love to hear from you. Now we have here what Smoker's World, 99 Cent Pizza, Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville Resort, and of course Midtown Comics. I'll go and peruse the stacks of comics and see what I'm going to buy. As you can sit back, you don't have to do anything, just sit back, relax, and let the sound waves wash over you. Just like these discarded Newport cigarette packs, the detritus, what's that word, detritus? like uh, random objects floating around. This audio will float around. Good. It's the other side. If you're fashion-minded, watch out. Big time shopping is finally here, Monroeville Mall.
When the sun comes up on the Walt Disney World Resort near Orlando, Florida, the magic starts. Come on, boy. Sleepy giants rumble awake. Backstage, everything's groomed, polished, revved up and rolled out. So by the time you arrive, the show really gets moving. When you've got 43 square miles of magic and fun to cover, you get around in some pretty unusual ways. Settle in to yesterday's gentle pace. Trace some fun on Bay Lake. Travel around World Showcase and on into the future. There are as many ways to get around as you can imagine. Where else in the world can getting around be so much fun? Only at the Walt Disney World Resort.
an incredible hour of excitement when Dan Haggerty, TV's Grizzly Adams, goes to the circus, featuring spectacular acts from around the world. Then, Country Night of Stars, Part 2, with Crystal Gale, Eddie Arnold, and many more. Dan Haggerty goes to the circus, then Country Night of Stars, Tuesday, starting at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. Happy birthday, Bob. A gala salute to Bob Hope with guests Pearl Bailey, Lucille Ball, George Burns, Charo, Donnie and Marie, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Fred McMurray, The Muppets, Tony Orlando, George C. Scott, Elizabeth Taylor, Danny Thomas, and more. Monday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. On NBC's Sports World, the Jerry Kutsia Randy Stevens heavyweight fight, US USSR women's platform diving, and high speed NASCAR racing. Sunday. 80 miles an hour. He was the fastest animal alive. Next Saturday on The Bionic Woman, meet the amazing Bionic Dog. He doesn't like you, does he? I'm not about to get near that bionic jaw. Rudy's afraid. Max is experiencing bionic rejection. I mean, he thinks this can happen to me. Lady, your dog's tearing your car apart. All security, meet me down at the Jeep right away. We've got to get that dog. I'm going to put him away. I have to do that autopsy. Well, what are you going to do when I start to reject you? You put me away, too. The young runaways run into big-time crime. Look at all that play money. They're on the run from the bad guys. They're on the run from the good guys. We just want to talk to Rosebud and Joseph T. That's all. See the world premiere of The Young Runaways, followed by A Chance to Live, Sunday starting at 7, 6 Central Time.
Welcome to the Walt Disney World Vacation Complex, including Epcot Center and the Magic Kingdom. Today, Epcot Center is open from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. The Magic Kingdom is open from 9 a.m. to 12 midnight. If you're going to a Walt Disney World Resort Hotel, please follow the signs or use the two far right-hand lanes at the Magic Kingdom or Epcot Center off Plaza. Ask the host or hostess any dining or lodging questions you may have. If you need handicapped assistance or information, also use the far right-hand lanes. For your best ticket value, Choose a three- or four-day multi-day world passport and save between $10 and $19.50. Multi-day passports are good for unlimited admission to both parks, plus use of all Walt Disney World transportation. Use your multi-day world passport three or four days in a row or one day at a time, any day of the week, month or year, any year, until you've enjoyed all three or four visits. Multi-day world passports are good forever. For your convenience, three kennels are located throughout the vacation kingdom and provide service for a nominal charge. Please do not leave pets in the car. Strollers and wheelchairs may be rented at the Magic Kingdom or Epcot Center entrance.
Well, uh, here we are. Um, all right, we're recording now. I'm just trying to get. Ready? Yes. Um, we're at Rocky Top Park. We're at Rocky Top Park. In uh, Hackett's This is uh, Frank Edward Nora. And Peter Litke. And uh, we're somewhere. I think we're in Schoolies Mountain. I don't even know. I think so. I yeah. think that's where it is, yeah. Anyway, you're listening to <coughs> BluffCosm.com, and uh, we're here. It's Describe the surroundings, if you will. Uh, I... Well, it's like a tranquil little park <laughs> somewhere. There's kids playing, and yeah, to the I've left never of, been here before in my life. I really, I really. No. Uh, I mean, to the left of us is the kids playing, I think, soccer or something, and then straight ahead, like a little playground for the kiddies. Yeah. And then to the right is another, like I think, like a baseball field type of thing. And this little butterfly just flew by. Oh. All right, and we're ready to record a nice episode of Eubin A. Richardson. Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> Stick around, folks. There's a lot of great stuff coming up on Bluff Cosm, including uh, Bublin and lots of other great stuff. Get oh. ready. Did we tell the date? I it is 7-9-2000. Yes, July 9th, 2000. And uh, it's not too humid out. It's kind of nice. It is comfortable. Yes. And uh, we just tried to, f- tried to find Pop Rocks at this friggin' mall, and we couldn't find them. The Hackettstown Mall. One of the, one of the worst malls out there. <laughs> oh, a real goodness. piece of crap mall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I don't know. It's a real piece of crap, Paul. Not a lot going on. I see we go there, we're like, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right mm-hmm. I think we're good. All right, folks, stay tuned. All right.
amazing event on December the 18th, which happens to be my brother's birthday. I don't think there's any connection between the two events. Oh, there is. Is there? Mm-hmm. It's at the Royal Albert Hall, and it's called An Alchemical Wedding. And um, we've got some things to tell you a little bit about what it's all about. So if you'd listen carefully, if you're interested in the Alchemical Wedding, Royal Albert Hall, December the 18th, and uh, it's 15 bob, I think, and a pound at the door, and it's going to be a very unique experience. Your head is only part of your body. Stop thinking with your head. Start knowing with your body. The birth of a great silence. School for teachers. Make the largest possible statement and discuss that part of it, which is relevant. A celebration on December the 18th. Thinking is weightless. Use words only for words. Things only for things. Bring your hands. The revolution is over. We are all free men. Body religious article in the worship of now. Get away from the use of words for things. The revolution is not over. Let's make it now. When speaking of action, you are committing the action of speaking. The body's mistakes are called illnesses. The slave says I. The free man says we. A celebration on December the 18th. Go naked. Only put on clothes which do not change that message. Keep your statement as direct and genuine as possible. Alchemical wedding, Royal Albert Hall. Take the world in your hands, your eyes, your mouth. Revolutionary wedding, Royal Albert Hall. Alchemical wedding, Royal Albert Hall. Check.
on Spartacade 79. 32 hours of free Olympic events starting Sunday, July 22nd, 8.30 p.m. on Channel The Incredible Hulk is elastic. I can beat that. You can tie him in a tangle. Let's see how he unwrangles. You can stretch the legs and arms. It won't do any harm. Watch this. He's a flexible superhero. Hulk. The Incredible Hulk, part of the Elastic Superhero Collection by Mego. Yeah, right. germ killing formula other liquid soaps don't and it's hardly worth getting soap on your hands if you're not killing germs liquid dial kill the germs keep the kids when man set out to build the perfect machine in his own image we never could have dreamed of this you did it you built a robot oh yes Designed for laughs. Only on Family Matty. Since my baby left me. Followed by the rest of DTIF. Friday on ABC. Professional plumbers on professional strength liquid plumbers. All liquid drain openers are not the same. The thin stuff dilutes in water. But the thick stuff goes through the water, clings to the hair clad, and gets it to move on down the line. The best liquid drain opener is in the gray bottle. Professional strength liquid plumber. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is Winston Connolly's night on the town, and he's determined to make the most of it. We're on the wrong side of the... But after one wrong turn, one big sip, <laughs> one low blow, he's in for the worst of it. If I start acting stupid, tell me. Robbing a toy store, he can explain. Your hands over your head! Now! I confess! I did it! Insulting a pimp. Hi. He can rationalize. We got a guy around here named Tito. Tito? Tito. 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 Tito? The man is dumb. But selling his girlfriend, he can't even remember. You don't remember, do you? Remember what? Whoa! <laughs> you sold her. And getting her back is something that could take all night. The night before, a guy can get into serious trouble after dark.
<laughs> Welcome to tonight's meeting of the AF of L. <laughs> no, the Association for the Furtherance of Lycanthropy. <laughs> Tonight. We're happy to chronicle the work of our chapters in the mountainous region of Tibet and in the more fashionable section of London. <laughs> We're very proud of the work our people have been doing, particularly in England. <laughs> You'll find that out from this report of the werewolf of London.